Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Finger Guns Podcast with Tony, Dave, and James. I am Jimmy. I don't know why I said it like Iron Man, but it's right. That's what I'm channeling this evening. I don't. I don't know why. That's cool, buddy. You it's don't just, have any BK though. No, all I got is a coffee. Sorry, buddy. It's a late night coffee, but that's okay. I don't. I, I need to stay awake. You know what I mean. I feel you. You know what I mean. It's been a long one. I feel you. Three episodes sort of back-to-back, week after week after week. It's a lot. Yeah, so this, well, this schedule's for the birds. Yeah, the wife is not pleased. She's mm. like, are we doing one week? Are we? Is, is it we one week increments week? now? Yeah. <laughs> so it'll no. be like two-day increments? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every day is podcast day here on Finger Guns. We never stop. <laughs> or at least it's, it's loading the fodder cannon of the amount of movies that we're about to blast into your face. You want to get to them? Because we got a lot to we talk d- about today. We do. But you didn't introduce me, so I'm oh, disfun- yeah. I'm dysfunctional, Dave. And <laughs> to my left, I see, as always, Mr. Big Tasty, Tony B. Oh, man. You look like you're falling it. apart over there. You know what, man? Are um, we all just fucking tired? Yeah. 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 And uh, I really want that writer's strike to end. Yeah. 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 It's oh. uh, it's pretty rough in the film industry right now. <laughs> Tony needs some work. Well. If the Screen Actors Guild go at the same time at the end of the month, yeah, Tony might be on furlough for a bit. Oh, don't be... say that. Don't put oh, that negative can, energy into can, the world. You can join Dave. Um, hey, I, you, you know can, what? You could be you could be fun, Uncle Tony. Come by anytime you want. You're watching movies all day. I have. Like, I start hosting these podcast episodes as you have to tell me about all the movies you watched. We are nothing but positivity here at Finger Guns. No. <laughs> All right, fair. Fair, 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 fair. Fine, everybody gets furloughed except for Tony. Yeah, Tony's the one guy holding it down. He's the security guard at, at White. You gotta, you, gotta hold, you, gotta hold the, you gotta hold the fort down. Yeah. Let's get you to some it. fucking movies, boys. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to start off uh, with more Tribeca. Woo! More Woo. Tribeca. Um, we, wa- we, we talked about a lot last week, um, but there's still some more we got mm-hmm. um, that we were able to get to and finish, so we're going to get through a bunch of those. We're going to have some rapid-fire ones as well, but basically we're just going to toss a whole bunch of movies at you that are going to show up at some point, Yeah, and we think you should watch them. Or not. Or not, depending <laughs> on which movie. Depending. But uh, uh, before James continues, Tribeca at Home is running now from June 19th until July 2nd for anybody in the U.S. who wants to uh, rent some of the titles uh, that were featured at the festival. Yeah. So very convenient, very convenient. And there's a there's a pretty decent selection. I was quite impressed by the selection as opposed to something like TIFF that did not have a very robust selection. Correct. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of fucking documentaries. Yeah, there is a lot of documentaries. <laughs> there is. And yeah, I, there's things I want to say about that as well. But anyway, um, and also there's like, I watched, I was I was saying just before we recorded, like I watched a bunch of short films from, on the platform today and all of them were really good. So nice. like 10 nice. out of 10 recommend, usually like short films, they're like, you know, hit or miss. Some of them are going to work, some won't. But like yeah. these were all like six to seven minute bangers. I'm good with and that. And I watched four in a row and it nice, was just like this nice, is nice. I'm good with that. This is great. I like so, that. And if you buy if you rent that one, you get all of them. Right? You get all of them, yeah, yeah. And it's a it's, a it's just one playlist. You yeah, yeah, you start yeah. at the first one, you get all like six films all in one shot, which uh 
I mean, the four that I, I didn't finish the fifth or sixth one just because I ran out of time because we had to come here and record. But mm. uh, I have two more left to go. But honestly, the first four were already were bangers. Nice, so nice. It was nice, actually quite nice. uh, quite enjoyable. Excellent, excellent. Nice. Well, James, you want me to kick this off? Yeah, kick us off with the doc. With a doc. <laughs> uh, so the doc that I'm talking about, as the only the only guy that watched it, uh, is your fat friend such a lovely title it really was and i was kind of like intrigued about it which i think is what kind of led me to throwing it on as well because i'm like i don't all right look let's see what this this is all about uh so the documentary is about aubrey gordon who is a author slash uh podcast host essentially at this point slash prolific twitter -er 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 blogger okay um she started off by creating an account called your fat friend and as a fat person who that is her preferred terminology, and you learn that through the documentary. It's I one like of the that. one of the first one nice. of the first one of the first uh, articles she put out was just about the. Uh, it was an article about the language that people use when they're talking to someone who is overweight, um, and how people will dance around it. And they're like, "Oh, your skin looks great." or something like they will find something without sort of saying it it's like her angle is like no no like i know that i'm fat and that's fine like it's me it it, it is me you don't have to to shy away from who i am or like come up with weird excuses or oh you're just a little plump or whatever no no i'm fat like just sort of making it a normal term instead of this weird other thing um Fat, so, pho- fat phobia and everybody yeah. weighing in on the whale, even though they had no right to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the documentary, it it sort of chrono- chronologicalizes her sort of rise through um, basically putting out a blog post, it going pretty viral, um, and her continuing basically to champion, you know, the, 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 I guess the rights of, of fat people. I don't want to call it rights, but just like sort of the regular human decency of of those who are overweight, of like people getting rid of these preconceived notions, these ideas that they have in their head, their the way that they talk to or about fat people and just that coming some at people are some people are just fat. Like Correct. it's not their fault. It's just Correct. They're, they're predispositioned in their genes. Correct. And and beyond that, too, is like she was even mentioning that she's like, you know, like people will always like devolve around me into like talking about different diets and fads. And it's like, like, I haven't tried them all. I've tried them all like sort of thing. And so it's it was it was about her life, the good and the bad of it. Um, but as she became more and more famous, um, she was offered a book deal. And so she wrote a book and. The thing is, it was also kind of dealing a lot with with the lack of anonymity when you when you become a face to a name sort of thing. Before this, she was always under the handle "your fat friend," like she was anonymous. She wrote these blog posts anonymously. She wrote the tweets anonymously. She was anonymous, as anonymous as one can be on the internet. Um, and just as the like, so the book was coming out and things were starting to ramp up. Someone doxed her. Um, they found out who she was. It was like she was the subject of like death threats and like forums, basically like completely either fat shaming her or just literally like we're gonna come and fucking murder you, sort of thing. Because why is that always the go-to? I don't know. I've never understood it. I just, I just, I just don't understand the go-to. Like, yeah, 
like we're gonna murder you we're gonna rape you and your children we're gonna fucking set out set your house on fire type yeah. thing like i don't understand yeah i i like don't it goes from one to a million <laughs> all the time all the time um but this was another documentary that i i liked in the sense kind of like the other ones that we were talking about last week where it was very much it it, it it did matter if the story was heading in a positive direction or a negative direction. It focused on all elements of your life, like good, that. bad, or anything in between. Obviously there was like a clear path to like success and getting her book deal and, you know, going on a book tour um, and dealing with these fuckheads, dealing with these fuckheads, dealing with her parents and the way that sort of her parents treat her and, and friends, the way that they look at her. And so it dealt with all aspects of her life. Okay. Um, which I liked. Um, and it, one of the sort of one of the tribes was like she was always sort of like really into books growing up. So like she reads constantly, and like her favorite bookstore was the first place that she stopped for her book tour. Oh, that's and nice. she was super worried about you know being in public, being in a large gathering place, having people, the general public at large, come in. Um, and she was very like, I don't know who's going to show up. People could be sh- throwing slurs at me because her book is very fat positive, of course, because mm. that's, that's yeah. who she is. Yeah, exactly. So she was worried about, you know, someone showing up or saying something at a turn or whatever. And uh, she got the opposite effect. It was people who were like super there for her, for her book, what her book meant to her and how her book helped others who had, I don't know, I'll call them just body issues in general, whether it's weight or otherwise, um, saying how like it helped them come to terms with who they are and that they're okay and they're allowed to be a person and not uh, a, a berated, like, looked down upon garbage trash human that people treat them as. So what? overall, it was like a really positive message. <laughs> yeah, I Lovely. liked it. I liked it. Why, it was a good that, talk. Why, why didn't the book, the publisher, hire some security guards? If she's getting death that's threats, a great on, if she's getting death threats online. She should have some sort of security. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they didn't sort of address it. I didn't see anyone in the shots either, so didn't look like it. But again, like the the crowd that she ended up getting for her, no, that's that was that's great. great but yeah. I just think it's very um, irresponsible to just put your yeah. uh, your talent out there without protecting them. Yes, agreed. So, okay, I'll definitely have to catch keep an eye out for that one that was not on the platform unfortunately unfortunately not but it was a very very good doc and kept sort of thematically with the other docs that we saw where it wasn't it was very much like kind of showcasing everything about everything i liked it for that just not sort of having a a slant or propaganda angle to it yeah which we'll come back to that point i love it put a pin in that one for later i love it i love it let's keep this train going tony break the game which is Talk another, another doc, documentary. Talk to me, Goose. Ooh, that one started with a breath. Oh, God. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Um, so this one is about a... Speedrunner. A trans woman who is known for being a speedrunner mm. for uh, Zelda. Nice. She was she was the uh, world record holder for a speed run for Zelda Ocarina of Time. Nice. And this one is about uh, surrounding the release of uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Right. And her quest to be the world record holder for the speedrunner. Sure. And just dealing with uh, her own 
her own dealing with her own sexuality and um the and overcoming some of the hate that she got online with being a trans woman right it's it's because like you have to put some context behind it when she first started out as a uh a speed runner yeah she wasn't a she right at that point correct this was before so everybody kind of turned on so she was very popular yeah and she was going to all these different conventions and stuff and doing live speed runs which i can't imagine sitting in a crowd of like a thousand people watching somebody just speed run through zelda like that seems weird and especially ocarina (laughs) of time right like if you remember that game that game was an easy game (laughs) no it wasn't but yeah um are you looking her up her name's narcissa Wright. thank you you're welcome wr got it um so when the doc starts yeah it's around the time when she had just started she had transitioned so she's right. getting a lot of hate of course and a lot of the bigotry of people saying thematically oh, similar yeah. thematically similar kill yeah. yourself yeah like yeah. you're you're an abomination just a lot of just a lot of hate and yeah. keep in mind this is the, this documentary was filmed um through the monitor so it was yes. one of those movies, right? So yeah. they they um they emphasized some of the hate that she was as receiving. As it would come through. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it would come and through. The twi- yeah. And you're what most of the movie, it's only like a seventy four minute movie, thank Christ. Yeah. Um I'm good with anything under eighty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell a full story under eighty minutes. Yeah. Um but a lot of it is just Twitch feeds. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. A lot I mean, of Twitch that feeds. Is, that is where speedrunners live at large. Yes. And then it's kind of coming to terms with um how her how she progresses and how she becomes more okay in her skin again thematically similar and she has a relationship with another uh trans uh twitch gamer cool and kind of just like how that works out and then there's like a little bit that's not on the screen which i was like oh that's lovely nice (laughs) um all of that to say i don't understand twitch i don't understand the appeal yeah, okay. I was very, I was very like lost. You, like, you're, like, you're coming like, to daddy for this one. Yeah. Like before daddy speaks. Yeah. Like I love or loved just like hanging out with a bunch of buddies and playing a game. Sure. Like there was that one time you guys were all at my house and we took turns playing Mario. Yeah. Type thing. And that was yeah. fun as shit. Yeah. Or when we used to take turns playing Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I enjoyed that because I'm in with people. And I'm interacting sure. with yeah. people. I get it. Versus this yep. Twitch versus Twitch where it's all online and you're physically watching and there's a chat going on the side, but the chat is going way too fucking fast to, to see anything. Yeah. Okay. So So Daddy Daddy Amatuzio, please. And I'm, I, please I, I'm give not, it, give us a little give us something. I will. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not, I can't speak for how everybody enjoys Twitch, but I will explain at least my the way that I sort of come at it. All right. Um to me there's there's two things that i enjoy but i think prime the first has to come before the second and the first is the i'll call them the host's personality like really what the 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 streamers that i follow or watch and i used to watch with somewhat regularity but that was more over covid because there was kind of nothing else to do um i've fallen off sort of keeping up regularly but i still do watch specific streamers but it's mainly tied to personality like it's because i like who they are okay and the and the way that they play and interact with either their chat or the game in general that's what i'm there for okay um 
the chat to me is secondary. Sometimes I'm I'm reading the chat. Sometimes I'm not. I don't even care. Like the chat is irrelevant to me. Um, but there's certain streamers that, yeah, just the way that they play the game, the way that they talk through the game or commentate as they're playing, it's you got, uh, you, got you got that mic. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah. It's entertaining enough, and it's similar to just like being at your buddy's house while they're while it's like you're playing a game. Yeah, you're not taking turns, but when you're watching, getting to the second part of it, when you're watching a speedrunner specifically, it changes the dynamic because now it's like the speed running part of it becomes the challenge that you're invested in. It becomes like a sport. Um, you want to see them succeed. So now you have their personality and their personality is good and it's carrying you through the thing. And you now have this sort of artificial score that basically they're trying to keep up with, right? Like they're, they're trying to beat the game in a certain amount of time and everything has to be perfect and break the game, break the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if we're talking certain games, yeah. Talking about like any percents. Yeah. You break L literally how, how, how they, they were able to like get through the game is just baffling. And so to me, that's, that's the part that I also enjoy. So like there's two annual events, there's AGDQ and SGDQ which is the annual Games Done Quick and the Summer Games Done Quick, but it's basically a collection of speedrunners that come in and showcase what the fuck they've accomplished, essentially. And it's like, it's rapid fire. There's like a hundred fucking videos a day that go up from these events because it's huge. But some of the shit you witness is just mind-boggling. Like, you're watching people that have, A, either A, you're watching someone that's perfected a specific 15-second part of the game that is playing it to a level that you will never achieve. Like one of the ones that I think about often is anytime I watch someone play like one of the two new doom games, like either doom 2016 or doom eternal, the speed runs of that insane, especially if you get ones that are not dealing with like uh, glitches and things like that, because like it is just a masterclass in how to perfect a playthrough. And those to me are more entertaining than the glitches. The glitches are cool too. Cause like, I also have to think in my head, I'm like, fuck you spent like hours finding that glitch hours, perfecting how to make that glitch happen every time. If it happens every time. And then, you know, I'll watch some commentaries and like, Oh yeah, we, we do this glitch. And uh, yeah, that saves uh 40 seconds. And you're like, that's so precise. 40 seconds and that's all you're getting or like one is like yeah you 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 know you you clip through this wall here and you enter this other area that saves uh, that saves 10 seconds 10 10 seconds that's it but it's like when you're talking about world records 10 seconds is huge 10 of seconds course. is everything that's of like a 100 meter dash like yeah. that's that's a usain bolt that yeah. you're that you've just sped up to and now you're the head record holder because you found something and the community itself seems very like sharing the share all their secrets and stats because they want everyone to be better and really what it becomes is at the top it's you're the best player of the game like you you've perfected a run and you've perfected all the glitches and you had luck on your side because a lot of it's random but yeah that to me is what twitch's appeal can be but to me it's always personality first and then second it's what they do with the game okay so there, most of the people who are following her are all are fans or new fans. Yeah. And yeah. they all have a vested interest in her because it's, yeah, it kind of devolves from the game and into like her kind of falling apart and like 
isolation. And it reminded me a lot of that movie we saw at Fantasia, um, World's Fair. Everyone goes, everyone's gone to the World's Fair. That one. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. And yeah. So that's it. That's that connection, right? Like if you connect with the person's personality, Um, which leads to a whole bunch of other sticky issues about people thinking that they know someone, but they really don't. They only know a personality that's on the screen. That's not the real thing. It's like someone who listens to our podcast and says they know us. They don't. They know our podcast personas, which are not us. Yeah. They're Aren't a they? heightened version of us <laughs> to an extent. Like we Hi- turn it hyperbole. up. Hyperbole. Yeah. There's a lot of hyperbole. So, cause you mentioned doxing in the last doc. Yeah. There was a part where there, where somebody made like a, they're showing off like a top 10 SWAT, like, uh, oh, fuck. SWAT yeah, videos, swatting. I think. Yeah, yeah, swatting. Yeah. And they talk about swatting. And then there's a part where somebody bangs on the door and fuck. you're waiting for like the, the next shoe to drop type yeah. thing. So the, the SWAT team's like going to bust their door down. Yeah, that it's, shit was crazy. It's terrifying. That yeah. was like, also, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like, it's somebody no. else. But that was also thematically in mind because literally this girl's fucking like, like social security number, name, date of birth, address, phone number, everything was put online. And she's like, fuck, someone's going to like call a SWAT team on me. Like, that's the next thing. It's fucking scary, man. I also don't understand... We talked about this before. The SWAT team only comes out for the worst of the worst. What are you telling? Bomb threats. You call on a bomb threat. That's what they do. Like there was a, I think it happened in London or or Windsor. And uh, yeah, it was, again, it was a streamer and uh, they doxed him and they called in a bomb threat. Him, her, I don't remember the story right now. They, They doxed them, called in a bomb threat to the police. And yeah, like a full SWAT team, like broke down that door and just found this, this, this person like gaming. And they were like, the fuck? Like, yeah. So that's that's what you do. That's how you elicit an entire SWAT response. You call it a bomb threat, Dave. Jesus. Like, just it's irritating and it's visceral. And I, you know I love the word visceral. Yeah. I don't know. It just it was kind of infuriating and it's kind of hard to watch apart because like you just want to shake them. Yeah. Shake the absolutely the woman and be like, you need to you need to do something. Get off the screen. Go do something. Yeah. yeah. And it like, was, and it, she was. She, sorry. No, one no, more. No. One more thing. One more thing. She's not eating. She's drinking a fucking like protein drink. Yeah. That's sol- solvent. There's Soylent. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I assume is a play on Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah, I think that company is. But yeah, that, I mean, that gets into the culture of streaming in general and the fact that like in order to you know maintain your following, maintain your audience, maintain the sponsorships that you get, maintain your cash flow because that is your cash flow, you have to do insane hours, like insane. You don't have time to eat. You don't have time to take a fucking break. Really, the only streamers that that I follow now, first of all, do because they don't give a fuck anymore. Um, they've just kind of accepted it. But like those ones that are still hustling and are trying to like either get their full following off the ground, they're not at a point where they can be comfortable with the amount of streams that they get. Oh yeah, man, there's people have died, literally died from exhaustion from streaming for way too long and not sleeping enough. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like. It's a weird, weird culture that is based on the amount of, and like it twitches when I was briefly a Twitch streamer. Um, yeah, the amount of time that you have to stream, the consistency of a schedule that you have to keep, like your life, it becomes a job, a full blown job. Yeah, not about that life. Yeah. I'm glad I, glad I'm not, I'm a, a casual gamer now. Absolutely. It as is way more fun. How, as opposed to how hard I was into it before. Tony, yeah. I kept cutting you off. Uh, 
it was just it was just weird and you speak to how visceral it was like yeah it was it was hard to watch at points and uh just the comments the comment the internet yeah. is such a horrendous place that is that is a much longer <laughs> conversation my friend yeah that is a much longer conversation but uh, also um some questions some questions i did have yeah um there's twitch for sleeping like people watch yeah. people sleep yeah that that's a thing that's a thing Tony, it's the internet. Rule 33 <laughs> applies. If you can think about it, A, there's a porn of it already, but B, it exists. I thought it was Rule 34. Oh, that's Rule 34. Rule 34. Oh, my Christ, you guys. It was, just so fu- it was just so fucking weird. And, yeah, uh, yeah that, that just stood out to me. But, again, like I don't, I'm, I'm new to this Twitch world. Like, I don't really understand it at all, and I don't get the appeal. But... It's not for everybody. Yeah. Of course not. It's just, it's a different form of watching content, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's a niche for literally everybody on Twitch. You can watch people fucking like unwrap books all day if that's really what you want. Like <laughs> there's an, like what I've learned from the internet is if you can think about it, there's an audience for it. Someone will watch it. Yeah. Should I start a Twitch for me opening Blu-rays then? That could be your unboxing videos. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you got to start ordering a lot more. Though. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, there's or honestly, I'll just like, leave I've a watched, pile and not open. Yeah, them. I've watched fucking full TikToks where it's just a guy opening fucking Pokemon packs, man. And it's just <laughs> that's it. He just goes through what's, or like Magic the Gathering packs. He's going through. He's like, oh, this card's five dollars. This one's fifty. Like, that's it. Well, what's it's his, the whole fucking video? I saw what's his dick do it. Logan Paul or whatever his stupid name is. Yeah, he was selling NFTs of the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nuts. There's an audience for anything. Hence Nuts. why we do this podcast. There's an audience for it. Just... <laughs> there was some. There was some odd. <laughs> they did this thing where um, they kept cutting to like eight bit animations. Yeah, which was kind of cute, but also kind of weird. Mm. I like the eight bit animations. I like how it broke it broke it up and like kind of like brought it. But into she wasn't like... playing in eight bit games though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. We'll put a pin at that too. I got, <laughs> I got more to say about weird cutaways. All of that to say, yeah. I want to bust out my N64 and play Ocarina of Time like Amen. yesterday. And you know what I want to do? Yeah. I want to sit and watch and play Ocarina yeah. of Time. On Twitch or uh, beside No, me? beside you. <laughs> Fuck this Twitch nonsense. Yeah. Preferably beside you. <laughs> but uh, hey, that can be arranged on me. You can either bust out the N64 or we can just we can roll you a retro pie and put Ocarina of Time on it. No, it's not the same. I you can get the N64 controller. I, ha- I have it all. Yeah, so? How's it not the same? It's the exact same. I know. What, you I just have... want to blow on a cartridge? What, well, what more have... do you want? If I have it all, why would I Why would I True. get something else? Okay, then do that. All right. All right. Can we, can I just take my, my shit off and just yeah, go yeah, get it's fine. 64? Get Golden Eye while you're at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sent me a fucking video the other day where somebody like had a copy of Golden Eye and like a oh yeah yeah thing. it was uh yeah it was in that pork belly thing yeah which uh, i still want to make i'm gonna make that just don't put gold i'm not gonna put that's, yeah it was a weird okay. reel that for in one br- the briefest like for one exactly one frame the golden eye cartridge was in this pork belly <laughs> what and the we're just hell like, are we talking about what <laughs> i don't know man it's fine it's anyway, fine it's sorry fine. for that uh, <laughs> break, break we digress break the game is on speaking of platform. weird cutaways yeah it's on the platform excellent so seek it that one you can seek it. Excellent. Next, Tony. Uh, let's do Blood for Dust. Woo! All right, it's gonna be re- it's gonna be real simple for you guys. That Go one's on it. the platform too. Traveling salesman gets mis- mixed up with a gun runner. 
starts doing some gun running. Um, gun runner does a double cross to an uh, American cartel boss. Okay. And uh, shit goes sideways. Sure. Uh, think uh, light Cronin, uh, not Cronin, um, light Cohen Brothers. Oh, Cohen Brothers right. light. Okay. So that's, you were, were you going to say Cronin? Yeah, I said yeah. Cronenberg for some godly <laughs> ass reason. Cronin. Like, Cohen. I just I, saw. I, 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 I like, saw an article like saying his there, new movie was done, so it was in. Well, yeah, it, it was it, in the head. It finished. So. It finished today or something. Oh, like yeah, so it was in my head already. Are you like so? Nobody yells, "Long live the new flesh." Nobody's arms, arm skin falls off to reveal a fly underneath. Kit Harrington has a weird like goatee thing. Does that count? That yeah, kind of counts. I love that they kind of trying to make Kit Harrington happen. <laughs> Kit Harrington with an American accent's really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah that I would bet. do it. Uh, also, Josh Lucas as an American cartel boss. That's also weird. That's but you know what? No, it's a choice. That is a choice. But you want to know what is, is a still, choice? Is he still hot? Uh, obviously, it's Josh yeah. Lucas. Okay. Come on. Okay, sure. okay, okay. The only thing that makes sense in this movie? What? The traveling salesman who gets mixed up with the drug runner? Yeah. Or the the gun runner? Yeah. Scoot McNary. Oh. Oh, yeah, Scoot. Okay. I love Scoot. <laughs> Scoot makes sense. He is the best part of this fucking movie. Excellent. I love And that. we're going to mention Scoot again later. We are. Oh, it's a double this Scoot. Is, this is the festival Scoot. of Scoot. Scoot, Scoot Fest. <laughs> There's really nothing else to say about this movie. I, just, um, I love this is named Scoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a slow burn. Sure. Um, it plays out like a neo neo thriller. Um, sure. like a, neo noir? Neo noir esque ish if you want to get i've been reading it's a midwest midwest thriller all right sure all right. right so think cohen brothers obviously oh yeah right. bud oh yeah um, oh you betcha thinking about it and telling it to you guys i literally have zero memory of this movie i cool. saw it. <laughs> <laughs> all right i have zero memory of it yeah. um it's scoot was the only part scoot's the only thing thinking about the movie i'm only thinking about scoot so what you're saying is we need to get Scoot on the podcast. Obviously. Friend of the Scoot. podcast. Friend of Scoot, 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 Scoot McNeary. It's, it's a slow burn though. It like it rhymes up. You obviously you're 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 gonna you've seen you've seen one, you've seen them all. Sure. You know they're most of them are not gonna make it out alive. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's all I really gotta say. All right. All right. Wait, recommend or no? Do you like Scoot McNary? Who doesn't, Who doesn't like, like Scoot, Scoot McNary? McNary? I think we've established. <laughs> so watch it for Scoot is what watch we're it saying. For, watch right. it for Scoot. Watch it for Scoot. And Kit's American accent, obviously. Since we're talking Cohen, <laughs> Cohen adjacent. Sure. Let's jump straight to Maggie Moore's. Nice. Nice. Which nice, nice, nice. was a, a thriller, a comedy thriller. I guess it tried to be a comedy. Um, cool. That's Cohen adjacent. Cool. Uh, it's about... Uh, a guy who uh-huh. gets uh, mixed up in some some strange some and, shenanigans, sure, sure, and uh, his wife Maggie Moore gets involved as well, and then uh, she is no more. Oh, and then they find out that uh, there's someone else named Maggie Moore who lives in the town. Oh, and then she is no more. Oh, and then kind of the cops trying to figure out the connection it goes and, far it goes fargo and the cool. the gentleman at the beginning trying to stay ahead of the game right it's it's weird all right it's strange it's mm-hmm. very dead there's a lot of deadpan in it nice uh nick muhammad is in it he's um <laughs> yeah cool. buddy fuck what is what's his name in uh ted lasso 
Nate. 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 No, nice. Nate. The yeah. Wonder Kid. The Wonder, the Wonder Kid. Kid. The Wonder Kid. Uh, he's in it and he he gets most of the best lines. Nice. Yeah. And uh John Ham has a fucking voiceover for some godly ass reason. All right. Yeah. It's a it gives you the reminder that like John Ham is a great actor when you give him the right material. Right. And like he just felt he he was very good in this. And the guy who played the the husband was a real piece of shit mm. and just like it kind of devolves into weirdness it, it's trying very hard to be a cohen movie mm, and it's not quite it. but it's not quite there. succeeding the, yeah. the the tone is just they're not they're not doing the bat they're not doing the balancing yeah, act. Yeah. yeah yeah right yeah like it it's fine yeah it was what de- it is it's fine it and, it has, and tina fey's in it and she was she was really good in it sure she's yeah. pretty good there's good. uh Chekhov's uh passenger airbag. I love that. <laughs> yep. Yep. And just like a lot of capitalism and just nice. There's random subplots and a whole thing about pederast. So you would have enjoyed that. I do. I do. <laughs> all all a- of the all of this to say it's it's fine for like a rainy day movie. Sure. And it I know it's on VOD in the States right now and in theaters, the select yeah. theaters. Uh, I don't know when it comes to Canada, but like it's, I kind of wanted more from it. Got it. Yeah, and I wanted more from it too. Uh, what Dave, what Dave didn't mention was this is actually directed by John Slattery. Oh, cool! Right. Mm. So most of John Hamm's dialogue sounds like Don Draper. <laughs> like <laughs> when he's doing the vo- when he's doing the voiceover, uh, I'm picturing Don Draper. That's Got right. It. So it's like Don. So it's like it's almost like a companion piece because oh, if you remember, if right, you ever yeah. saw the end of Mad Men, he just maybe just goes and becomes a sheriff. At yeah. The end. Okay. Got right. It. His eureka moment was yeah, 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 he yeah, wanted yeah. to become a sheriff. Sure. In a uh, small town. In a small small town. town. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Dave, Dave. Dave said. Dave said it best. It you wanted you wanted more because the cat with the cast you were expect you you come to expect a certain level. Sure. And. uh yeah, it was just it was just mediocre. There's a couple of fun twists though. Yeah, there's there's a couple of good bits in a couple so, of couple of fun twists. Yeah, little and fun bits. I was literally about to say something and then I lost it. It was there. Oh, did you guys read that uh, John Hamm was the original choice for uh, Gone Girl instead of Ben Affleck? Yes, that's hilarious. Yes, right. But I can't imagine him in that role because neither can I. I don't think he could. You need. You I don't need think a dopey be, boy like Ben Affleck. I don't think he could be sincere enough. Yeah, like no. you would just look at him and you'd be like, "No, he definitely killed her." As <laughs> yeah. opposed to yeah. Ben Affleck, where you're like, "Okay, there's he's, a little he's bit." Do- of- ben Affleck has this dopey face that you're kind of like, "Oh, I feel kind of bad for him." Like there, there's but a little. When bit you look of- at John Hamm, like yeah, you, the no. fear of God is getting. Yeah. In. But like you look at Ben Affleck and you're like, "Okay, maybe he could have done it." But John Hamm, you're like, "She totally did." No. Yeah. Like there's no ambiguity. Yeah, absolutely. But, John Hamm just encapsulates everything that it needs to be, including Sergio. Yeah, Sergio. (laughs) But I do love that sketch. Oh, God. Um, But it just means that we've been, we missed out on John Hamm's dong in the shower. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Really? That's what you're taking away from this? That's what Dave wanted. John Hamm's dong. John John Hamm's dong. Ham dong. Ham dong. Ham dong. Hashtag ham dong. (laughs) Tony. Before we get into the rapid fire, tell us about the last one that we watched. Oh God. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> All right. So uh he went that way. I'm gonna try and sum this up real quick too. Wait, who went what way? It's he, just called he that went he that went way. That way. Nice. Yeah. 
Based on a true story. Based on a true Ooh. story, yeah. So a uh, struggling showman, mm-hmm. we'll say, um, picks up a 19-year-old serial killer. Hitchhike. He's a hitchhiker. He's a hitchhiker. And then you find he's, a hitch- he's a hitchhiker. Hitchhiking but, serial killer. But he's All actually right. a serial killer, too. Yeah. And uh, they set off... Uh, Set off country and it's a road. It's a road trip movie. Interesting. Yeah. You, you, okay. you forgot what he, who his uh, his partner is and the showman. Show so the uh, the gentleman mm-hmm. who's going, who's already driving. He's a showman. Mm-hmm. Um, he is transporting a monkey. Fun. But uh, the monkey. I'm gonna spoil this right now. That's... The monkey's not actually a monkey. It's a monkey. It, it's definitely somebody in a costume. Some oh. of it, it's it's. It's nice. a mix between puppet puppets, animatronics, and a guy in a costume. Yeah. Nice. It is fucking weird, and it right. takes. And every time, like Sp- Spanky was the name. Spanky, yeah. Every time oh Spanky, it, it's fucking weird. Spanky the monkey, Jesus it's, fuck! But apparently, like, I, apparently, he's the like he was a real, a real, a real monkey, yeah. real showman monkey. Like this, this footage, this whole story, this whole story, like actually happened. Story, right? Yeah. It's like there's footage at the end of the movie in the credits of him doing an ice skating routine. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. All right. He was the only monkey. He, uh, they touched upon it in the movie, and he was the on- only monkey that could skate. Right. Yeah. Okay. But that's that. I've literally summed up the movie for you. Oh, all right. Um, and just kind of it. It's and, also about humanity and him. Kind of like he's scared that he's going to get murdered, obviously sure. by the yeah. serial killer who's yeah. drive who he's driving. Yeah, absolutely. Somewhere. But yeah. it's also about him kind of getting the serial killer to open up and kind of be more uh, okay. human and sure. accepting. Think think like Green Book. Okay, okay. let's not compare it to Green well, Book. Yeah, but I'm getting the idea. But like no, but not not necessarily the story, but like the vibe. Yeah, yeah I'm getting right? the idea. Yeah. So the kid who plays the serial killer, his name is Jacob Elordi, and he's on oh, Jacob Elordi. He's on Euphoria. He's yeah. in the Kissing Booth. He's in. Deep Water. I'm assuming he's the one who doesn't make it in Deep Water. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he, Zachary Quinto is nice. uh, the Spanky's uh, Spanky Spanky's uh, cool. chauffeur. Chauffeur. Cool. That's <laughs> a chauffeur. cool. That's a fun. That's a fun can, uh, duo. <laughs> and he he puts on he puts on a, an accent that's just very odd. very <laughs> weird. something weird and awkward. It's a choice. Yeah, it's a it's a choice, and like. I know this movie came from a place of like a good place, but the director died before it came out. Oh, shit. He directed he or if, I think they finished it last year, but he died. And you can kind of see it because like the tone is all over the place. Oh. It doesn't really know doesn't have what a consistent it, voice. It doesn't have a consistent right. voice. It doesn't really know what it wants to be because it wants to be like a fun road trip movie, but it right. also wants to be a psychological thriller and it also wants us Except that the monkey exists. Exists. <laughs> like I, I understand and I respect yeah. the fact that you couldn't like you're not getting a real monkey in there type thing. Or ape. What was he an ape or chimpanzee? A chim- chimpanzee. He was a chimpanzee. He was a chimpanzee. Sorry. Sorry. He was a chimpanzee. Um yeah, I understand monkey species, right? I understand wouldn't it be simian? I don't fuck it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh I understand. Like not using a real monkey, yeah. but at the same time, it's really fucking distracting. So distracting. Sure. Like if you're gonna do that, especially then, when they do like the one, like they do like the head-on, like so you see the face. Yeah, it's 
noticeable. Just very odd. Yeah. Very un- uncanny Cause, valley. Because yeah. like the first time he shows up, I was just like, what's wrong with that chin? <laughs> because they did <laughs> like they issues. did like good like sound sound effects and like yeah. good like sound to like try and pass it off, but like it doesn't. Honey, just, honey, you're not you're not honey. No, no. <gasps> it's just it's very distracting. And mm. like if you're gonna do it like that, just show him from behind. Yeah. Yeah. Just show him from behind. Yeah. Or they, did, the they did they did a shot where you can like see the the hands. Yeah. Do that to like it was an, it was a good creative way, but yeah. like if you're showing it full on and you're showing it interacting and everything, it you, so, you're so so what we're saying you're is not protecting didn't yourself. Have, didn't have Andy Circus money. No, no, to mocap. No, because as, as we're as we're as we're talking about this, I'm thinking of Nope. Yeah, and how they did it there. Sure, but they use CGI sparingly there. Yeah, but they did exactly what Tony's talking about. Like. You just see the hands. You yeah, see, yeah, you yeah, see him very, in the yeah, background yeah, yeah. type yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. You hear him. And I feel like it would have been much more effective and a lot less fucking distracting if yeah. they did that. Like, yep. I get it. You don't have the money. That's cool. But, like, you can see that the guy's wearing... You can see his actual, like, his eyes. You can yeah, see yeah, that it's that's there. Not, yeah, it's, that's not, it doesn't work. It's so, it's so odd. Oh, and that's then, unfortunate. All of that to say there is an interview with the actual guy at the end of the movie. So there's a small interview piece with him and then they show the clip of the ice skating routine and he's talking about picking up the hitchhiker and talking about his journey with him. And it's like a little two minute clip type thing, but it's everything he says is more interesting than what everything in the movie. Oh, dang. Literally so much more interesting. Dang. That sucks. It like leads up like you think it's going somewhere and it just goes absolutely nowhere. Oh. Like yeah. it was a whole lot of work up to nothing. That's a huge bummer. There were good things. There, I did, I did find a couple of good things I did like about it. There's one shot in it that's literally a, like an homage to Seven, like mm. with like driving into the desert with the windmills and everything. It looked sure. like it was identical right out of I, Seven. Yeah. That was beautiful. Really appreciated that. New 4K coming. And then um announced at tribeca fantastic <laughs> um best cameo yeah patrick j adams you'll notice him from um mike ross in suits oh yeah okay sure he, he's the one that married Meghan markle right yes yeah. yes <laughs> in, yeah. suits. In, in suits <laughs> in suits he is a priest and that whole scene is just what the movie should have been uh got it right because there was just so much i feel like there's so much tension and so much like there's so much in that scene and it's only a five minute scene like he's barely he's not he's in it for like a fucking right and that's the only thing i remember from the movie oh and spanky and spanky and spanky obviously sure but he was great and i was like why couldn't the whole why couldn't it lead to somewhere or why couldn't this little subplot go somewhere else Yeah, yeah yeah right yeah um so yeah that's all i gotta really say cool not on the platform not missing much got it got it yeah so um yeah tony yes you seem to be the overachiever here so why don't you uh i like film festivals guys apparently i'm here for it you uh hit us with some rapid fire takes yeah man uh well I'll just do uh one off the bat that I really friggin' enjoyed. Sure. Uh it was called Transition. Yep. So this one was a documentary. 
about a... Of course it was. Of course it was, right? It's thematic. About an Australian filmmaker who is embedded with the Taliban. Yes, I saw this on the platform. Yes. Um, the thing that makes this movie stand out, mm. the journalist was going through a transition during their time in... Wow. ...embedded with the Taliban. That's like hardcore. A, like a... A gender like a transition. Gender, yeah. Like a gender that's, transition. That's fucking hardcore. It, the 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 filmmaker Jordan Byron. He is something else. He is a wild man. Like it's it's crazy the amount of like how he he had to like protect himself in so many different ways and he had to be careful with what he said to the Taliban while still trying to be friends with them because he's in there trying to do uh, he was invited by a Taliban uh, commander to document the, their life through for New York Times right and doing yeah. this documentary at the same time narrative movies aren't as intense as this documentary was but anyways movie was really really insane and, yeah, no doubt. I mean, like he's transitioning well and better with the Taliban. That's right. Fucking nuts. And that's not even some of the some of the the most like. There's conversations with Tal with some of the members of the Taliban, yeah. and um, I I'm only going to touch briefly on it because we're not a political podcast, and I don't want to go down that road. Sure. Um, but they started mentioning Osama bin Laden. Sure. And then they asked one person, and he did. They don't they don't know who he is, right? Yeah. And then another person talking about him and his love for him and then like it sure. goes to another it goes to another one and he's actually explaining what osama bin laden did and just like it's it's unsettling right yeah the dis just the disconnect it's terrifying that there would be somebody in the taliban who wouldn't know who that is i mean it's theoretically possible now, no right? it is theoretically possible but it's like i keep trying trying to forget how old we are yeah yeah, it just, yeah absolutely it, it boggles my mind to think yeah. that there would be people who have never who would not no know idea. that name yeah. like my kids are not gonna know that name well they will in the history books they will when they get to like american history or like yeah like high school history but hey, like, they're not gonna know before 9-11 never forget yeah i know you can't forget how I dare know. you forget i've never forgotten anyway <laughs> i've never forgotten if you the, guys are... the fucking the memorial is something else if you guys have the opportunity to see this movie do it i extremely Excellent. extremely recommend it it's on my list i'm gonna on check the platform. it out yeah it's on the seek platform. it seek it out it Sick. is it is probably one of the best documentaries i've ever seen that's amazing yeah inside brains um so that was that one cool um next one i want to talk about real quick uh quicker than that one sure um let the canary sing Okay. Which is about uh, Sydney Lauper and her rise to fame. Nice. Uh, I must admit, some of the songs, I didn't realize they were Sydney Lauper songs. And I kind of wanted to slap myself, and Melissa almost slapped me too, because they do, uh, they do a segment on Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yeah. Right. And how that came to be, which was fucking amazing because yeah. it was doing it was doing bad and they wanted to take it off and they wanted to they wanted to start pumping time after time. Sure. And they're like, no, don't do it. Give us some time. And then all of a sudden, Cindy Lauper goes on like WWF and starts promoting it. Right. And all of a sudden the song fucking skyrockets yeah. and just well, like goes bananas. Wasn't the wrestler one of the wrestlers is her dad in the music video. Yes. 
Yeah, I don't know yeah. who it is. I want to say Sergeant Slaughter, but I don't know <laughs> if I'm right or wrong. I love that. Did they did they talk about Shebop? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say they did. If it's about Cindy Lauper, they're definitely talking about Shebop. Nice. I honestly thought Girls Just Want to Have Fun was a Madonna song, and I wanted oh, to kill myself. Tony, no. <laughs> yeah. It no. was bad. It was bad. With you. She wanted. To, oh, I told man. you, Melissa. Melissa wanted to shoot me. Absolutely. Um, what about the? Her. Did they talk about the Goonies song? Yeah. They Goonies. They touched upon the Goonies <laughs> too. This. This song. This. This. If you like Cindy Lauper, you die. Sure. It's it's hard not to like this. Sure, I don't want to uh, know somebody who doesn't like Cindy Lauper. Right, and they even touch upon they touch upon uh, Kinky Boots and like how like oh yeah that's right how she hit it big with yeah, uh, Kinky yeah, Boots. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it was fa- it was honestly a fascinating doc. Amazing. I didn't know much about her, but now that I know everything, insane. You got her. Yeah. You got her greatest hits LP on on order from Pro- Amazon. Probably, <laughs> probably I love for that. sure. I want to check out some of her movies. She's in a movie with Jeff Goldblum. It's uh um. Called Vibes, I think. I think it was called Vibes. I bet it's a vibe. I yeah, bet. it's definitely that's, a vibe. That's, that's a vibe movie. It's, it's a vibe, a vibe movie. movie for sure. Um, yeah, got it up right here. Uh, yeah, David, it's in your watch list, bud. Oh, okay. Peter Falk, Sidney Lauper, and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I'm 100 yeah, percent sure I'm Dave has no idea what the fuck is in his watch I have, list. I have like 2,700 movies. Yeah, in my watch list. 1988. If you guys all care, nice. Um, fantastic movie. Definitely seek that out too if you guys have a chance. Excellent. We'll do. James, we're talking about docs, so. Oh, you want you want me to go? Okay, you want me to take those two pins that I put up on the wall like an hour ago? I do, All right. yes. So I'm going to talk about Stan Lee, and I'm also going to talk about the Hideo Kojima documentary. Very nice. Stan Lee's on uh, Disney Plus right now, right? Correct. Stan yes. Lee is out on Disney Plus, and Hideo Kojima, I'm not sure when that is coming out, but it is a PlayStation Studios documentary, so I'm assuming they're just going to like side loaded onto everybody's PlayStation at some point. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's what they're actually going to do, but uh, that one was, so the Hideo Kojima one's only 60 minutes, which sure. Um, hey man, I told you under 80 minutes. Yeah. Love that it. was the thing about Tribeca. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the shortest movie I watched was an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Keep it coming. Tribeca. I, I can't wait to be there next yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> longest movie. Longest movie. Longest movie. Yeah. Not shortest. Shortest. Yeah. Oh, longest yeah, movie. No, they were all Sorry. sub. <laughs> totally spaced on that. Cut. They were all sub two hours at, at, at anyway. That's, Most that's of them were like an hour and 20. Yeah, I was like, pretty much. I'm it here was, for we it. Were, I'm, we were I'm blazing. Here I'm here for that. Um, Anyway, so these two documentaries, the reason I'm going to talk about them both at the same time is because they're both kind of the same in a way. Okay. Um, I think the Hideo Kojima one ends up being slightly better only because it's shorter. Okay. Um, but both are basically fucking fluffy puff pieces. Okay. Um, about the, putting putting about these the putting these two men individually, respectively, on their pedestal, um, which in Hideo Kojima's case. I think it's pretty warranted. I mean, that guy is probably the only game director that I could tell you, I could say to anybody who's played video games mostly, hey, Hideo Kojima's coming out with a new game. You'd be like, oh yeah, fucking Hideo Kojima. Like, What he's... about Miyamoto? Yeah, okay, yeah, but I don't know. Kojima I get, has... I get what you're saying. Kojima has more of the clout. You're right. Kojima has like, he's almost like a movie director. He's a brand. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, oh, he's, like... He's a vibe. Yeah, he's it's like Tom Cruise has got a new movie coming out, or like Chris Nolan, or like I don't know, fucking John Grisham's putting out a new book. Like you, like these are just names that you know, and like Hideo Kojima is in the games world a name that you just know. Um, he's transcended sort of the 
he doesn't hide behind his titles. He is the title at this point. Like, you know, he founded his own fucking studio and then put out Death Stranding. And Death Stranding was very Hideo Kojima, but it was a Hideo Kojima joint, like from the from the the jump. So basically, like the documentary is 60 minutes. It follows a lot of the production work. It's talking about who he is um, and follows the production and building of Death Stranding and him getting funding for that and Sony taking a huge gamble with him as his name. And they literally said that, like he went into Sony and just said, I want to build a game. They're like, what's it about? And he went, I don't want to tell you. And they went, here's money. You're Hideo <laughs> Kojima. Go build a game. And he did. And I don't know if like I have either of you played ske- it. Sketch and SNL. Here, go. Yeah. <laughs> which, which one? Death Stranding. No. I've never played it. I know, no. I know that it's, you have to get into it for a bit before it gets. Going. Oh yeah. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed oh, like yeah. way over my, way over my head. I can barely get into freaking Metal Gear Solid, but like I got, I got into it. I feel like Death Stranding is not, not like that. Death Stranding is, I think it's more, uh, Death Stranding is a little bit more approachable in terms of its gameplay mechanics because there's not a lot of them. You're a delivery guy. You're, you're Norman Reedus and you are a delivery man. And you just kind of go from point to point to point in this beautifully crafted world that is kind of falling apart. And it was weirdly like prescient for when it came out as well considering like COVID happened and it's all about sort of like this loneliness, but also this connectivity that, that can happen through human interaction. And like you, as you progress through the game, you build, you can build things and the things that you build show up in other people's worlds. Like you could build a section of road and that road now is available to everybody. So it's like building the sense of connectivity and community, but you never see another soul. So it's like Minecraft and little big planet? Ish, but, but you never see anybody else. You never are running into anybody else. You're okay. not playing with anybody else. These core elements just end up existing in other people's worlds as they also play as Norman Reedus. Like it's, it, or that other goofy game you got. No Man's Land? No, no Man's, Man's Sky. Sky. But see, that you can meet other people in okay. this. You'll never see another person. Like it is all done, uh, like the 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 interplay between you and other gamers is all done. Like it was his whole vision was to build a way of like you help other people's, but you're you're only you're not doing this really to benefit you. You're doing it to benefit others, but you'll never interact with those other people. So it's all sort of about like altruism and like being a a a member of society and humanity and like thinking and being good and taking care of other people without getting anything for it yourself like it's that was his vision and his goal so it was talking about sort of his life and they also had so circling back to the other pin that i'm going to take out of this wall um they had intercut it and like when they were talking about him younger they had these beautifully drawn anime sections that were like studio ghibli adjacent like really beautifully done little segments of anime of his life as a kid growing up he was a latchkey kid he like sort of had all these like ideas and stories and that's how he just functions and basically just kind of like praising him as like the game directing kind of genius that he is but it's very much a sony produced doc so it's very much a puff piece Mm. um it doesn't focus on any negative aspects none of the fallout between him and square enix it literally talks about none of the other games that he ever made except for death stranding which is just like it's kind of like a weird snapshot of his life um and some of the talking heads were also kind of odd they had guillermo del toro which, okay, he was a producer on Death Stranding, so sure. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who 
is one of the most off-putting people to listen to speak. He's just a weird voice and cadence that is just well, his, his his output is very he's a, he's weird he's a cleft anus of a person. Yeah. Um and uh, George Miller for some reason. Um but also Grimes and Churches and like the band of Churches and I was just like I don't and then like a whole bunch of like people that work with Hideo, like game developers and other game directors and lead you, level you guys are on You guys are on first name basis? Yeah, me and Hideo go way back. Yeah. Kojima-san. Kojima-san. Um, anyway, it's a huge puff piece. I don't know. I, I just, this kind of ties into, and what we'll talk about with Stan Lee right now as well, of all the other documentaries that we, that we watched and that we loved that didn't shy away from things. These both do. They don't the Hideo Kojima documentary there's no negatives it's all fluffy puffy yay Hideo Stan Lee very same <laughs> yeah very very same it was super like not what I was expecting there it is yes and like at one point I thought that they used like an AI to talk for Stan Lee because his voice didn't sound authentic like it sounded robotic yeah, I think and they, it was were, they were pulling audio clips from like so many different interviews that he did over the years. But like it's he's just I guess it just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, so first off weird thing is uh Stan Lee narrates his entire own documentary. Yeah. Um which is odd. Well, what's his name did his own doc too? Um Bourdain. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I guess there's enough audio clips for the both of them and interviews and stuff that it it worked to an extent. But yeah, I agree with Tony. I don't know. And the thing with this, I don't trust Disney enough to not say that they did any like AI funny business. Um, What did you you think about the miniatures? I thought those were cool. Yeah. And very Bernie Langeal. Yeah, very (laughs) Bernie Langeal. (laughs) Shout out to uh, Bernie Langeal, friend of the podcast, Bernie Langeal. Um, Can you say his name anymore, Tony? Bernie Langeal. <laughs> yeah, the miniature. So they had like these, like these sort of like cutaways to like miniature work of like, you know, the studio that he was working in, the drawing comics and things like that. And it was all beautifully done miniatures. I thought they were really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just shied away from any of the negative aspects of Stanley. Like they just were like, look at his rise. He's a genius. He's the greatest. He's the the did, editor at large. Did and, they talk at all about the fact that there were other people like Helping create these they mentioned icons. Them. They mentioned them in passing. In passing. Because I know yeah. Jack Kirby's son like put out a statement this yep. weekend that wasn't exactly flattering. Yeah, because they were like, oh, and then, you know, Jack left. And it was just kind of like, why? Mm, no, no. We're, we're not going to talk about the why. And then he's like, oh, and Jack came back and we were able to finish this. And it was, yeah. everything was like happy-go-lucky. I was like, mm, that's not yeah. how I remember it. Yeah. And like, but they, I mean, <laughs> how you remember it? It would have been Jack's been dead for no, yeah, but like longer than you, he'd been alive. <laughs> do you like, not know his? Do you not read history? Yes, I read history. Yeah, I get what okay. You mean. I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you <laughs> shit, Tony. Uh, yeah, I think he I, died. I think he died after you were born, but like early '90s. I know that. Yeah, I they, still read history, Dave. They kind of they kind of touch on it a little bit, but they definitely veer it away from getting to you into the weeds on like who did it like but i mean the one thing that i will say is they did paint it very clearly that 
Stan Lee's ego was fucking astronomically huge. That's fair. And like he he had a lot of big dick energy. I get it. Yeah, and it was very much like, well, I came up with the idea, so I'm the one that created him. But it's like, yeah, but your idea wouldn't fucking exist in reality if I didn't fucking draw the character, like, and come up with what this character to me would look like based on your random ass description. Like, it was very much like one of those things of like one can't exist without the other mm. no matter what you do in either way so like a chicken and egg thing so like i, I just it was it didn't do enough to kind of address that it definitely it painted stan lee as this fucking god amongst men um didn't touch at all about the trials and tribulations of marvel when they like sold off everything because they were losing all the money mm. um it just kind of yada yada over that point and then it was like it, honestly it kind of it was yada yada over the fucking 90s man yada yada over like the mid 80s to the 2000s like it was like just didn't like, it go to like didn't it go wasn't it like the early 80s and then it jumped to like 2010 yeah pretty much it was yeah. like early 80s and then oh he's on set like, filming one of his marvel cameos and we're like what what just happened for the last 20 they years they would have shown x-men i don't remember them mentioning no, x-men they didn't oh, that's surprising they skipped over they the it basically yeah the next shot was um, they went right into the MCU. It was Thor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was him doing the the to- the his cameo with the with the truck trying to pull. That was that literally it was like the most whiplashed fucking thing the I've talk. ever seen. Um, but it was just it was so again like we we're talking about other documentaries that like didn't shy away from the good or the bad. They just kind of followed it along. Followed yeah, their right, right through, right through the ugly truth, right? Yeah, and this these both of these were just like mm, no. No, no, these are these are fluffy puff pieces. These are these are what we want people to know about these people, not what actually is. I met Stanley. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I was at a, a fan expo and I ran into somebody I worked with at uh the radio station. Nice. And he was doing he was about to do an interview with Stanley, but he wow. didn't have anybody to like help him. Huh. And he's like, I'm struggling here. Can you do you have like ten minutes? I yeah. Was like, can I say hi to him? Sure. And they're like, he's like, yeah. And I was like, cool. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And I got to meet him. I said hello. Nice. I said I loved his stuff type thing. I didn't ask him to say Excelsior, which I'm going to have to take to my grave. My, yeah. uh, my grave is a bad mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he seemed lovely. Yeah. Like, but he has that aura. Yeah, like correct. He, did, he didn't have like it wasn't the big dick energy but it was still like the aura of this is stan, stan lee. lee yeah i yeah. remember that this is, fan this is getting stan like fucking lee. pushed by his fucking i told melissa the story uh i got pushed by his fucking bodyguards because like you see him right and everyone's like oh my god it's stan lee and stan lee's in the middle and all these fucking people are around, <laughs> yeah, around swear around. to god like at least eight or nine guys yeah. they're all walking in unison yeah. too i'm not yeah. surprised he's another guy that like rose above anything like he he rose way above anybody else in sort of the comic world. This yeah, is true. Um, leaving pretty much everybody else behind in the dust and not really like acknowledging the fact that some of these other people helped create things. But that I mean, that's always been kind of the case too with a lot of the movies. Like there was the big. Uh, Sticking back to ba, 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 ba. Bob um, Kane and Bill Finger for Batman. Correct. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. How it took until like what Dark Knight ish. Yes. Until before, before they Bill Finger. Yeah, Bill Finger. Yeah. Oh. And like it was a big deal. I remember like his name was in the credits. We were like, oh, they they fucking put Bill Finger in. It was just <laughs> like, like, oh wow, fuck, okay. Whoever I know Jerry Schuster, but I don't remember who the other guy is for Superman. I know that was a big yes. thing as well. Yeah. Exactly. And there's the problem. I don't know who the other guy is. Exactly. 
Exactly. And it was just always like characters created by Stanley. And then it was, it became a big deal when it was like Stanley and Jack Kirby or whoever else, Jeff Loeb. Uh, I don't think no. it was Jeff Loeb. Anyway. Jeff Loeb was like the Jeff head of TV. Wasn't Jeff Loeb's, oh, yes, Jeff right. Loeb's yeah. newer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Newer. Like he did Long Halloween. Yes. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Where they started acknowledging more of like the creative. Stanley the other plus. creatives that brought these characters to life and brought them up. But yeah, there, I mean, there's no denying that Stanley's a huge figure and, and contributed a lot to comic books at large, but. It's still weird watching Marvel movies without him. It is, and uh, yeah, but I, I know just, he, I he just always got think... the big, he always got the big applause, the big laugh. Yeah, I just I just don't think in, in terms of docs that this is it. This is very much felt like ooh, Disney Plus just wanted to put out some some propaganda to inflate Stanley Stanley only. That's how it feels anyway. But cool stuff in there. This miniature works is cool. The Deo Kojima thing, the anime stuff is cool. So there's like cool things about these dogs. So there's but... some entertaining elements, but yeah. there's it's very, it's very, it's very whitewashed history. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very biased. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not objective. Sanitized. Okay. Tony. Yep. Let's uh let's uh, get a moving. One night with Adela. Yeah, get to it. <laughs> um, this movie took me days to get through. A city worker. Yep. On her quest for vengeance. Yep. For uh, reasons per, for reasons that are unknown. Sure. Um. On everyone who's ever wronged her. Wow. All right. It's shot in one take. Cool. The actress is on the screen for 95%. Cool. Camera never stops. Nice. Like uh, there's certain parts where you know that there's a cut. Yeah. yeah. Hidden cuts. Yeah. yeah. There's or, a couple or the camera's cuts. getting passed off to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, hidden transitions and cuts. Yeah. Exactly. It was wild. Nice. It was wild. Um, You think it's going somewhere. Yeah. And then. There's a section of the movie that just does a 180 huh. and kind of like just, you know, when you get rat tailed with a wet towel. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In the face. <laughs> nice. Like re- repeatedly. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I know what scene you're talking about. I remember I was sitting there. I was like, oh, I was certifiably <laughs> uncomfortable. All right. Oh, <laughs> all right. Like it's. I think it's an interesting movie and I like the uh I like the the gimmick of it being one take. I really like that. I really na- like the one take one and night how with they, this girl. Yeah, cool. and how they did that and how yeah. it flowed together. Nice. And like there's a lo- there's an exceptional amount of cocaine and cigarette <laughs> cocaine snorting, cigarette smoking. Nice. Like and like, yelling into cell phones. And yelling cool. into cell phones. Um yelling to- at radio hosts as well. To Tony's point, it never really becomes clear why she's mad. Oh, okay. It kind of like, it takes a while to get to that point. And by that point, you're kind of like, okay, maybe we should have mentioned this before. Sure. Just because it was like, it's drawn. There's part of it that's drawn out. Like it gets, like it, it comes to a head where Tony's talking about, and then it kind of like, 
everything starts to become clearer in that moment. Right. But prior to that, you're just like, maybe you should have put more in this. Yeah. Maybe there should have been more characterization. Nice. Yeah. All of that to say that the, uh, the woman who plays Adela, her name yeah. is Laura Galan. Or, cool. She has an accent over her the second a so i probably screwed it up but um she was in another she was in a sundance film called piggy a few years back oh yeah yeah and uh i really want to see piggy it's uh that one's a journey and this one's a journey nice she was she was absolutely incredible she's very very she is certifiably unhinged wonderful yeah it's magnetic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah i it took me a while to get through it just because i was just kind of like okay right okay right got it because the problem is with it being a one take thing there's a lot of just her just driving around in a garbage truck right yep listening to the radio reacting to the radio radio. got it leaving the garbage truck to go somewhere while the camera stays in the garbage truck oh yeah and then she comes back (laughs) so a lot of a lot of a lot of nonsense that could have been cut yes Yeah. yeah if not for the gimmick yes yeah there's a scene where she's uh she's in her apartment and the the thing sweeps and then it stays on the tv and then she leaves the frame and then um it just stays on the tv yeah for no reason well what they're talking about on the tv is kind of thematically relevant but at the same time to your point yeah there's a lot of of, reaching yeah yeah, yeah. there's a lot of reaching yeah Yeah. got it um but yeah that's uh that last scene that i'm talking about survivably unseen um next the line the line it's uh about frat culture in the united states right another topic i don't quite understand me either and just kind of i got nothing for you (laughs) it takes place in 2016 or 2014 and it's uh nat wolf he goes back to school he's a sophomore and kind of like he's like being groomed to be like the new president of the the frat oh okay and kind of like who the new recruits or who the new pledges are right and kind of the toxicity that goes along with yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah as well as him kind of coming to terms with the idea that maybe he isn't made out for frat Got culture yeah, yeah, yeah like maybe he doesn't want to be a toxic frat bro sure Cause like he has a, there's like a little like romantic subplot with Hallie Bailey, okay. who's the little mermaid yeah, 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 and just kind of like, they keep talking about her in passing as like a black lesbian. Oh, like that's what they thought. You okay. date that black lesbian type thing. Like it's, yeah. there's, it's very, very, very toxic. Mm. Yeah. Super toxic, super bro-y, yeah, super yeah, yeah. like, like just cringe right a lot of cringe cringe. and like lewis pullman's in it he's the president of the frat uh who's the one that i've john malkovich pops up twice which was interesting just doing circles around everyone uh did denise richard shows up for that as for a scene as well yeah Um, and like one of the one of the uh the pledges is uh austin abrams who he was a real piece of shit on um this is us Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shows up. That's who it is. Okay. He shows up on other. He showed up in other things since then. Like, yeah. He's in. He's a shit weasel in Do Revenge. Uh, I'm assuming he's a shit weasel in Tragedy Girls too. And just like, sure. he just, 
he's kind of found his niche and yeah. you just want to punch him in the dick the whole time. Nice. All right. And just kind of like, this is another one that kind of builds to a head. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of like the aftermath of the head. Right. It actually like, takes like, um, it's inspired by, it's inspired by real things that actually happened. Shit. In, um, down South. Dang. Yeah, like it seemed that seemed that seemed right. Like it seemed very lived in. The frat yeah. culture stuff seemed very lived in, yeah. lived in. Like the person writing it would know that Knew this is it. how they yeah. would act, yeah, yeah. type thing. Um, but I just it kind of built to that point, and then it just kind of like petered out. Oh, it just kind of like was like a little bit of a wet fart. Yeah, yeah. And like I was on board right up until then. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, and then just. Scoot McNeary shows up. (laughs) There it is. There it is. I remember we were talking about Scoot again. (laughs) And just kind of, yeah. But Nat Wolf's really great. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good. At at first, at first, uh, he's somewhat annoying and he's really annoying and you really want to punch him in the face. But once you know that that's what they're going for, then it kind of settles in and you're just in for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree with Dave and uh, I actually really like this movie and it like really like hits it home. Like oh, it sure. hits it hard. Okay. okay. Um, it definitely had an agenda and it, it, it succeeded it hit in it. my, yeah. in my opinion. Cool. I thought Bo Mitchell was also excellent in the film. He's his roommate. Oh yeah. Of, he was fucking phenomenal. He's very, very good in it. I don't know. It just didn't do anything by the time we got to the ending when yeah. Sherry O'Terry shows up again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that Sherry O'Terry? <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just, it didn't do the ending didn't do anything for me, but up until that was you were in, I was in. Yeah. They also bring up on a little like cutaway that there's like one death uh, a year in terms of like fat frat related activities. Jesus. Yeah. Which yeah. is horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's already a stat too many because yeah. there's a lot of rats. Yeah. 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 Uh and then lastly, we want to talk about a film called uh Cinnamon. Yeah. Cool. That is a Tubi original. Mm-hmm. Mm, Tubi yeah. original. Yeah. Nice. Good for Tubi. It's about a young woman and her boyfriend, and uh she has aspirations of being a music a pop star. Yeah. And but they need the money. Right. And so they come up with a scheme to hold up a gas the gas station she works at right okay and then you know shit goes sideways because the money involved there is tied up in some gang activity oh great yeah of course and pam greer shows up as a a fucking deaf like boss okay and damon wayans is in it damon wayans is in it and he's putting on a weird weird voice All right. he's, he's just doing a lot of weird things that <laughs> yeah, i just don't yeah, yeah. quite and he, understand and he has hair which is that's also odd. also <laughs> choice yeah it's just it reminded me of a lot of different things and just it takes a while to get going and then you're like okay all right i'm in oh okay type thing like it's a journey and like it's violent yeah. and it's very noir and sure. just buddy survives a shotgun blast to the chest out the window sure and it's twisty i didn't like yeah. how it was filmed though it had like a tv it looked like a tv show oh like okay. that kind of yeah yeah yeah. that kind of framing and that kind of uh color scheme right so it looked odd but i i enjoyed it for the most part even though it reminded me of a half a dozen other things i've seen it reminded me a lot of queen and slim that's fair 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was like, I saw a review on Letterboxd and I was like, that's perfect. The yeah. 2B version of Queen and, Queen and Slim. And there was a, like, there was a whole section of the movie that reminded me of that first date movie I saw at Sundance. Yeah. Yeah. And that random Will Poulter musical we saw at oh, uh, TIFF. Freak, yeah, the mute the heist musical yeah, thing. Yeah, the heist musical. <laughs> Jesus. It was just it was just very weird. It yeah, was yeah. a weird weird thing. And uh once you've seen once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Like Got it. it's it's very unoriginal it's, in that. It's entertaining enough. All right. Rainy, rainy day. Uh you're doing laundry. Got it. Throw Holden it laundry. On. Yeah, it's the, the Dave laundry. special. Dave special. Yeah, throw it on Tubi. Yeah, got it. Throw it on Tubi. <laughs> throw it on Tubi. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so those last, those last ones, which were supposed to be more of a uh, rapid fire, which weren't, which we, wasn't we, quite, we devolved a little bit. Too we much. devolved a little bit, but uh, all of those films are available on the platform. Yep. Again, that's running June nineteenth until July second. So if in the, you're in the U.S., you should definitely check it out. Otherwise, thank you so much, Tribeca, for yes, having absolutely. us. And thank uh, you. we hope to see you next year. Yes. Let's, uh, you want to get into a quick shutter minute before we get into our main segment that's also, mm-hmm. we're going to rapid fire our way through and just we're yeah, not, not keep. Fi- we're not rapid firing yeah, through not, that. Well, I, have, I have a lot. We got to. Let's get fucking weird. Tony, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Evil lurking deep inside, its darkness knows no limit. So listen closely if you dare. This is the Shudder Minute. (laughs) What do you got? I have for you guys today a movie called Brooklyn 45. Yep. Uh, Sum this up real nice. Um, uh, takes place in 1945. Cool. Um, imagine that. Imagine that. Right. Aftermath of uh, World War II. Yep. Uh, five friends sure. get together. Yep. Um, to have some cocktails. Nice. One got one guy. Uh, is feeling really bad because his uh wife just committed suicide. He misses her a lot. Jesus. All and right. You know. You know where I'm going with this. Oh. He wants to connect he with her to connect with her yeah. in everyone's favorite Bust out way. the ouija board a seance, a seance. A seance. <laughs> yeah getting really tired of these seance movies absolutely uh, well, this one's in 1945 but this one's Ooh. in 1945 and it's a ghost story but yeah. it's not your typical ghost story interesting it's more spooky about, it's more about the ghosts in your past interesting more of a okay uh, vibe spooky super excellent spooky. i like it Honestly. One to nocebo. Uh, nocebo is not the bar anymore. <laughs> we have surpassed. Nocebo. Okay, one to whatever whatever the bar is now. Uh, I would put it on. I would put it on par with uh, Bone Woman, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's Bone Woman, Nocebo. So now it's Bone Woman, Brooklyn Forty Five, and Nocebo's at number nine. What's was, what? There was a, the other one too. Oh, uh, uh, Spoonful of Sugar. Spoonful of Sugar. Oh, spoonful yeah. of Sugar. Jesus that one's Christ. just that one's just under Nocebo. Just, just under Nocebo. It's almost a Nocebo. <laughs> All right. This one was really good. Um, some of the CGI was a little bit dodgy. The ghosts reminded me a lot. The ghost action when the ghosts do appear, because uh, they do appear, um, reminded me a lot of the Frighteners. Ooh, I do like that movie. Right? Cool. So I like that. Yeah. Um, so badly. Overall, the, the overall the, though the movie was really good, and I cool. liked the psychological horror of and the whole morality aspect of like what soldiers did in war Absolutely. and. Um, 
there's like a whole subplot with like a Nazi spy that gets out way out of hand. Um, but the whole morality of a soldier nice, and what they go through and what they have to live with at the end. Right. Um, I thought it spoke, it spoke very well to that. And, uh, you guys should definitely seek this out immediately. Cool. Right? Cool. I know you did, Dave, you were trying to go for that for uh, South by, right? I did want, I did email for it at South by. And I emailed about it recently as well, but uh, I didn't you should seek it out well. for sure. I will. It's on Shutter. It's, it's on Shutter. All right, all right. To celebrate the 31st anniversary of Batman Returns, which sure. happens to be today, yes, it is. We're today. going to talk about the Flash. The Flash, which finally, after. Multiple stops and starts. Like a decade of production? Decade of pre-production, full production, just yeah. everything. Everything is finally in theaters. The hierarchy of the DCEUSG. <laughs> I couldn't even finish the sentence. You couldn't even finish the sentence. <laughs> I, I do uh, want to talk very... Sp- I want a spoiler section of this because I want to... I have things to say. Okay, yeah. so, hold, so hold on a second. This movie was only available in special formatting. It sure so was. What did you guys? How did you guys see it? AVX. Oh, I saw it in regular. You saw it in regular. I saw it regular. Where the fuck was there a regular screening? Burlington. Oh, whack. Okay. But it was. It wasn't masked properly, so it was basically in letterbox with uh, black on oh, either I side. Love, I oh, love the Burlington nice. theaters. Nice. Good so I was a little annoyed by that, but the Absolutely. screen the screen and the the color was was fine. For for Cineplex, it was it was it was decent. All right. Fantastic. Dece. I saw it in 4DX. Why? What's with it's, you in 4DX? Buddy, man? there's nothing there was nothing everything was a special fucking thing. Our special format. Sh- format. Yeah. So I was like, Mel, which one do you want? And she was like, 40X. I was like, cool. Then I guess we're going to 40X. I All have right. like 11,000 scene points. I have Cine Club. Like, sure. I'm okay. covered. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like I want, like I just, wanted to see a Navy X or IMAX. It just worked better yeah. with our babysitter yeah. to go. I went AVX. Yeah. Because the time worked out for me. Yeah. But I get it. No, because it's going to play into, play into how we talk about the movie oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, we sure. each have oh yeah, that's good though we each have three different formats of watching so that's interesting yes yeah. yes but uh basically the uh the quick synopsis is the flash is sad that his mom has died yes uh she was murdered uh when he was a kid and yes. his dad was arrested for the murder yes and he has an appeal coming up correct and the flash uh, Barry Allen knows that his dad is innocent. Yes. But can't prove it. They can't prove it. So he wants to, he has the new Speed Force uh, special ability that Correct, he, that he, he gained in, in Justice uh, League. Zack Snyder's, Zack Snyder's Justice, Justice League. League only, which is now officially <laughs> canon. Yes. yes. Um, so he goes back in the past to kind of rewrite it to kind of prevent, prevent, prevent all of this from happening. Prevent all of this from happening. And of course, you know anything about time travel movies and the butterfly effect one tiny thing changes everything so he has to fix what he did or at least kind of kind of fix the world because general zod suddenly showed up and fucking batman is no longer ben affleck it's michael keaton 
Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? For what it's worth, I did. I I wasn't a hundred percent sure where they were going with the with with their version of what time travel is because there's been like a lot of different versions of it. You've had, uh, you know, there's the Back to the Future's version. There's Hot Tub Time Machine's version. I do love Hot Tub Time Machine. There's Marvel's Cox version. Dicks. Cox and Dicks. Uh, there's uh, Marvel's version with uh, branching timelines. And then there was this version, which which was overlapping, intersecting timelines, which I thought was an interesting take. And spaghetti. Uh, and the yet, spaghetti metaphor and was pretty yet cool. another movie about a multiverse. Correct. Correct. Multiverse is so hot right now. Multiverse. <laughs> studios are learning... <laughs> all of the wrong lessons from everything but anyway and especially the fact that this especially the fact that this movie came out after across the spider-verse yeah yeesh yeah because there's multiverses done right and then there's the flash oops yeah but uh poor planning on their part it took 10 years to come out like let's not give it let's not give it 78 different writers and scripts and directors and fuck yeah and it feels very actors too it feels very cut to ribbons yeah it's definitely looks like it's been reshot a couple of times at least it definitely feels like it's been like cut and pasted yeah it definitely feels doesn't feel like it was all done in one shoot no and andy muschetti can say what he wants about the cgi oh god no but fucking dog shit you were talking about dodgy cgi this is the this is some of the dodgiest CGI I've ever oh, seen so did you guys, for did a you guys, two hundred million dollar movie. It was just so weird, and like it's like you can totally notice their faces not the same. Yeah, and it's yeah, so like and it's so jar- and it's so jarring. Yeah, like it's so incredibly noticeable. It's like did 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 you not see that in the edit? Like who signed and off like on they've this? Done, they've they've, they've perfected to get the same actor playing two roles and then being on the same set at the yeah. same time yeah. where it still looks real. Yeah. I don't understand how they couldn't do this here. Yup. I could speak to me. It feels like after all of their shenanigans over the last two years, I'm just gonna call them shenanigans. Cause yeah, that's fair. Holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I feel like with all of that, they were just kind of like, we can't, cut this movie as a tax write-off i don't want to put any more money into it yeah type thing yeah. we'll reshoot this 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 the rest don't bother. bang it out yeah and like it's dodgy cgi but i'm not going to blame the artists because there's definitely nope. a lot of artists overworked and, and they've definitely been overworked and underpaid but yeah it looked like hot do- hot garbage yeah the scene right at the beginning with the babies oh my god what yeah in god's good name was that I was sitting there and I was oh, like, Dave, it's supposed f- to look like that. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's yeah. so bad. This it's movie's horrendous. so unbelievably in the year, bad. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this movie cost $200 million to make. Another hundred and fucking yeah. ad, ad budget. Yeah. It's part of a greater fucking universe. Yeah. It's like the big play for Warner. Yeah. And it, that's what it looks like. Is it even a big play? What the fuck is the point of this movie's existence? I don't know. They're resetting everything in two years. What the fuck is the point of this? I don't, I don't, I just don't know why we're even resetting anymore. Like, stop. Just, it's already dead. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. But yeah, that fucking, like it was, it was fun. It was fun. What he, what they did. 
or what Barry Allen kind of concocted to save these babies. Absolutely. I thought the idea was executed very well and it was a fun way to open a movie. And it yes. was, it was but it moves at breakneck speed. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just fucking like, it's, yeah, it's it all end, over the place. It ended a lot quicker than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was just like you're in, and then you're like you're you're into the oh, next scene. But oh, like in yeah. 40x, like your fucking chair is it's, like it's yeah. two and a half hours. But yeah, it definitely like whipped by. Yeah, and like I just loved that I finally figured out what the hell was up with that Funko Pop thing. Because when I bought uh, Batman and the Batwing, there was the Flash with a bunch of babies. And I was like, what the hell oh, is yeah. this? And yeah, then the moment the yeah. moment the building starts collapsing, I was like, oh, uh, I get it now. Yeah. Dumb. And you and know it's what? Lynchian. You know what? Shoving a baby in a microwave. <laughs> that that was <laughs> also a uh, question. That microwave would be really really hot, right? Yeah, there's a burrito in it. No, but the because the heat, right? He puts that microwave next to the baby on the thing. Wouldn't it singe the baby? No, the microwave itself, like the outside of a microwave, is always cold. Yeah, but it, but they fi- like fire, Tony. Uh, Tony, why are you bringing logic into this? Tony, Tony, Tony like, he they put flamethrower that fucking microwave. Would that not be singed was... to singed to a bit, or it just like it just stays cold the, what, no matter what? There was already there was already a burrito in that microwave, and he put a whole baby inside the microwave, and somehow somehow when he got to the bottom and and uh, uh, had all the babies on the stretcher, the microwave dinged like it finished cooking. <laughs> somehow and there was a baby inside that was fine so let's let's just let's just let's just dial the logic all the way back to a one and uh just say that it happened yeah Um, i just i really really like that opening scene though yeah i thought it was fun again a good way to start kind of like batman v superman in that way of just like ooh, this is fucking nuts and like with Batman kind of doing his thing. Yeah. And the Flash doing Even though his that thing. CGI also looked like hot garbage. It looked a lot better than the babies. True. A lot but still garbage. It did not look very good. Like the, the cars looked like fucking uh PS4 era graphics of cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's PS4 is not that bad. At least call it PS3. PS2 or PS3. PS3. I'll give it PS3 Gran Turismo vibes. But fucking I really liked Ezra Miller in it. I thought that they were great in the dual roles as the yep. Flash because we didn't. Me- Tony mentioned it earlier. When he goes back, there's two of them. Yes. Ooh. And oh, was that a spoiler? Spoiler alert! Not that really. Was a all the marketing. Not the marketing. Cool. Yeah. And there's also like a whole scene where he realizes that he fucked up because Eric Stoltz. Is Marty McFly? Yeah, and that was funny. Kevin Bacon yeah. is in what Top, Top Gun? Gun? Top Gun. Gun. It's interesting. And Michael J. Fox is in, in Footloose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is an interesting like that's that's the thing that changed in this world. And what annoyed me more was like in the world, the new world. Yeah, uh, Barry Allen's supposed to be like 18, 19 type thing. He's in yeah. college. Yes, versus one from the other universe type thing who's like into his mid into his mid 20s type thing yeah and late 20s yeah. mid late 20s and he's seen some shit yeah but ezra miller 
like kind of makes them kind of the same. Basically. They're kind of like they they're not really interchangeable at any point. No. Cause if you're in your mid to late twenties, this that wouldn't be as big a deal as when you were eighteen. Like that I don't know, man. Yeah. It's weird and like some of the humor works and some of it just cool it's very, it's very like kiddish yes. like it like applies to like the, yes. the the kid audience yeah but then it gets bleak and then it gets real fucking bleak yeah. again the ba- the balance is not they don't they don't do a good job <laughs> the hierarchy of hierarchy of the dc universe yeah. yeah they don't do a good job of, of blending the comedy with the darkness they want yeah. to they want to be they want to be uh zach schneider dark with the with the D- dcu is that what dcu okay yeah. Right, but they also want to be light and fluffy because you know Flash is more of a light and light fluffy, fluffy. Right? Yeah, it's it's hard it, to find that tone. It, it's it's hard to find that tone, and it's very and it's very jarring. And I keep saying it's, it moves at like breakneck speed oh, it because does. like yeah. you're fucking going this this the you're like running around like the Flash exactly yeah, exactly. But that's not how. And I get like that's the the tone you want to go for, but like that's not that's not viable. Like yeah. that's no one no one's gonna like that. Yeah. Where do we want to put in a a like a spoiler thing? In in a little bit. Let's, in a little bit. We got another few. I think okay. we got another few uh, few minutes in us before I will. We go off on the spoilers. Yeah, and I will. I I will mention that uh, the yeah. Okay, then we can talk a little bit more about sort of how this movie was marketed as well. Because like, good fucking Christ, they included every single scene that was going to feature Batman and Supergirl in all of the fucking marketing. Yeah, like, everything. What what the fuck was missing? It was all done already. But they also didn't want to emphasize Ezra Miller, right? They were kind of yeah, they were trying to they probably kind of probably yeah, they were trying, an array. They, they were, were trying, trying to, to they were trying pivot. to polish a turd. Yeah. yeah, like like credit to credit where credits due. Yeah, it came out. It sure did. And Ezra Ezra Miller is front and center, but he's he, they aren't. Front and center of the marketing. Of the marketing, correct. Yeah. And Ezra, like the Barry Allen storyline is everything to this movie. It is the movie. Yeah. And there's like some really, really good emotional, like heavy hitting beats it goes through. We'll talk about the ending a little bit later. (laughs) But, but but it like, yes, absolutely. And I agree. They're such a great actor. I agree. And they They do so well in these emotional beats. Agreed. And you're just like, even just but his f- acting, fuck all like the other, all the other things you've been doing, like Jesus, what are you doing? Yeah, even even their acting, just when playing two different versions of Barry was good, except when they were kind of making them the same. Yeah, but just the fact that like they were playing a two, and like they made them two very discernible characters. Like mm-hmm. each of them was, they kind of blended towards the middle, but they did a good enough job, like. One was very clearly a different version of Barry Allen. That was this dopey kind of burnout kid. Yeah. And the other one was seen some shit, Barry Allen, as you mentioned. And like, I think they did a decent enough job making that line pretty clear until a certain point when then it stops becoming as clear. But what did you think of like the speed force stuff and like him like running in like a, a sphere? Again, a cool idea. Like, interesting thought, to think about time in that way. I thought the CGI there was a little more acceptable than the babies. Ish, not still not great. Not great. It's still pretty shit. No, it then it gets into like the like the Roman Colosseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty just, shit. 
Garbo. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Just Garbo. It's just a weird film. And when yep. it's been promoted for the last, like, what, six months as, yep. like, the best superhero movie best. ever made. Everybody yeah. coming out of the woodwork saying this is, like, king like, shit. This like is Tom everything. Tom Cruise, Jimmy Gunn, yeah. fucking Stephen King, yeah. the big premiere at CinemaCon. Everybody's yeah. saying it's, over it. it's yeah. the greatest thing since, like, yeah. sliced bread. Yeah. And hype on this was way too fucking high for was what it way could too high on. and then when and they screened the fuck out of this thing and then seeing it finally you're just kind of like is it maybe you should have brought down the hyperbole yeah yeah i get it you have a turd maybe not even a turd you have a lead actor who's problematic yeah the movie cost a lot of money a lot of money you can't just write it off no you have future plans that contradict what happens in this movie like rock in a hard place type yeah thing but at the same time some of the cgi is ex- inexcusable and to our point earlier about uh he went that way it's fucking distracting yeah 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 it's fucking it distracting and like you could say all you want because I've seen some Twitter posts where they got where people are trying to defend it and trying to say like oh well if you're paying attention to the story the CGI shouldn't matter well I can't pay attention to the story because the CGI is in this day and age terrible yeah, yeah. The there's baby no scene there's is, no reason the, for thing, it to be like, like that a lot the baby of people, scene's inexcusable yeah and a lot of people are like oh well like look people called uh people called uh whatever there was the fucking height of CGI back in 2001 it's like yeah because we didn't that's what everything else was. That was the height of CGI in 2001. It wasn't distracting because that's all we knew. Yeah. And like now we've seen it done better. So now our eyes are trained to know what looks like fucking dog shit. And like our Lord and savior, Jim Cameron has like, he built, he waited to make his movies until the CGI was good enough. Yeah. There's no excuse anymore. Melissa said that she felt like she was in a video game. Yeah, yeah that's points. fair. Absolutely. Right. That's definitely fair. And like especially it, with the 40X, like, oh, it's hard not to. Yeah, this movie very much felt like, uh, uh, minus minus the Flash's storyline, this movie felt like, uh, here are all our action figures. Let's see what they do. Yeah. Because all the, all the rest of the plot lines don't fucking matter. That's no. all fucking bullshit. Yeah. And even if they didn't like have to like tweak it or fix it so like they can continue the story yeah. or kind of like write characters out, like even if they didn't have to do that, like yeah. it's still like, why didn't you just make a fucking movie? Like, yeah. Just make a fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Let's talk some spoilers. Let's go. Let's, Let's talk go. some spoilers. What did you guys know? Who did you guys know showed up? Uh before before you guys talk. If you don't want to hear this, or if you've been off Twitter, I mean, we're just fucking on, on yeah, online. Don't just stop. Just yeah. stop. Li- yeah. stop, yeah. Listening. stop listening. Come, come back. We appreciate you. We appreciate your patronage. We don't want to ruin this movie for you. Yeah. Um. Did continue. I, uh, I are you talking? Are you talking like before I saw the movie, or just from the marketing, or like what? Was before spoiled? you saw the movie, what was spoiled for you? What was spoiled for me? Well, obviously we knew about Keaton. Yeah. Well, that Keaton. was clear. Yeah, uh, we obviously knew about. I didn't know about his ascots, but no. <laughs> uh, so Keaton, obviously, uh, uh, Supergirl, of course, sure. 
and then the only thing that was spoiled for me before I saw this movie uh, was the abomination that is the Christopher Reeve thing. Oh yeah, I saw a cl- I saw yeah. a, a yeah. screenshot of it. Yeah, and I was on Letterbox. Yeah, looking at Nick Cage's fucking filmography. I, I was, was like, on Nicholas Cage's <laughs> filmography oh, no. on IMDb. What the oh, hell is no. that doing there? What the fuck? Oh, no. I wanted to I'm search so something sorry. just to see. I'm so oh, sorry. Like, what does Nick Cage have oh, coming so out sorry. this year that I need to be aware of? Yeah. And then, he has like 17 movies coming. Yeah, he has <laughs> one coming to Fantasia that I'm really excited for. Yeah, uh, um, the Sympathy for the Devil one or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah, yeah. nuts. Right? Yeah. But at the top of that list was the, the Flash. fucking The Flash. Yeah. But apparently Andy Muschietti spoiled it like weeks ago. There were articles about it. What a fucking asshole. Where he says, hey, we got Nick Cage to come back. Fuck. Yeah. Did, 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 he, but, but, did, did, did he though? Because that wasn't... Shh, shh. You, you, I, know you're, I know you were... Very passionate about this. Did he though? He was computer. He was an AI. He was. He was, it he was, was CGI. It was man. so apparently he CG'd. apparently he came in and did something. Yeah, they probably did some mocap shit, but like oh, it, it looked it looked bad. It looked, looked like real it real bad. Bad, but he fought the giant fucking spider finally. Sure, it yeah. took like twenty five yeah. years, but he finally finally fought that sure. giant spider. I laughed so fucking hard. Honestly, by the time that that point came around, I didn't give a flying fuck anymore. I was just so, like, I was, I was eye roll city at that point. And that I was, part was so bad. It was so bad when they like. I like the idea of all the universes kind of crashing together. Yeah, but just why did it look so bad? Yeah, so it looked bad. horrendous. Stop fucking bringing people back from the dead. Yeah. Well, they. He just flew in. It's not like he he did stuff yeah, but, like fucking okay. Egon and Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> but, like or or fucking what's his name? Uh, Grand Morph Tarkin. Yeah, Grand yeah. Morph Tarkin. It looked it looked like they superimposed like a scene out of a movie. That it one wasn't though. That one wasn't. No, that's what I thought they did. That's what it. Looked that's what like people are upset did. about. So when you there was the brief bit where there was Adam West. Uh, as Batman, but that was definitely ripped out of an episode. Like it yeah. was just him running. Yeah, yeah, sure. That I'm okay with. This was fully new material. Yeah, that they created. Yeah, That's the lighting's cool. really weird on it. Yeah. yeah, but it speaks to the CGI nonsense too. Mm-hmm. That it looks. But why does so- it need to be even fucking be there? What the fuck was the point of that scene? For people know. just go, oh, Christopher Reeve. And they had George. They had uh, George Reeves too. Or is that his name? George, George Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. yeah, George yeah. Reeves, the first Superman. But somehow he looked less fake than fucking yeah. Christopher Reeve. Yeah. yeah. And I know when they showed the Flash, like they actually filmed that recently. Whoever the guy is, he he's on the Flash TV show. Oh, from the show. TV show from yeah. CBS. Yeah. Although there's conflicting reports about that of whether he actually did any filming or they just like CW. Yeah. Either way, those two didn't. Not CBS. Look- CW. CW. No, 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 we're talking about. I'm talking about the original Flash. Oh, you're talking about the original Flash. Oh, the CBS the Teddy, show. The, te- the Teddy one. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was talking. You were talking about, about the CW. CW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Either way, that still looked fine. Yeah. Superman and Supergirl looked fucking awful. Awful. And fucking, it just, but they kept going I, I warmed back my to heart. Everything to else Nick was Cage, like a little like, awful. Looked like dog shit. Yeah. It was, I just, I don't. I like the gimmick. I like the idea, but it just was so badly done. Uh, their the heart, their heart fuck? was in, their heart was in the right place. It was just poor execution. Yeah, like at least when Marvel did it in fucking Doctor Strange and had fucking 
Patrick Stewart come out to X-Men animated series music, it didn't look like ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they're dead, they're dead. Exactly. Or they do what they did with Adam West and just take a scene from the movie. Yeah. And just like, it's obviously like you, you yeah. rotoed him out and then just made him run on this thing. But he was clearly like, that was ripped from the movie or from the show or whatever. Where like, I know they wanted him running. I yeah. know they wanted to like put Superman and Supergirl on like the same plane of existence type thing. But yeah, it looked like complete shit. Bad. Bad. Complete shit. All and for, all for people to just go. It, yeah. ha- it doesn't, it I doesn't thought, serve the story I in any was way. More, I thought there was going to be more to it. Yeah. When I saw the screenshot, I was like, oh, I thought, oh, okay, cool. Christopher Reeves shows up. That, that makes perfect sense. Sure. But then nothing happened. Nothing Nothing comes of it. Nope. And like, I was hyper, like, I am Michael Keaton fanboy through and fucking through. But what purpose did he serve in that movie? Nothing. He just shows up. He's like, hey, check out my ascot. Here's the Batmobile that we don't fucking use. Yep. Here's yeah. the new Batwing, which is fucking cool as shit that we do use. And I'm dead. <laughs> he was uh, he was the best part though. He was I, very good, he was, but he was so he got done he dirty. So good. And but yeah. but they completely wasted it. They yep. wasted him. They wasted, they wasted him. It. They wasted Supergirl. Yep. Yeah. Because she's very well, good. She's, she's, she's great too. Wasted very time. Yeah. But I know that that was one of the endings that yeah. they reshot. Was they were supposed to show up. And Michael Keaton was supposed to be the new Batman. Yeah. 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 They did. They, yeah. And they were going to kind of, there was set photos of that. Yeah. And they were going to kind of like, cause he was supposed to be a big part of Batgirl. Yeah. And he was, uh, he's supposed to be an Aquaman, but I think they changed that too. But all of that, they were trying to make it so that they were going to do like Batman Beyond and kind of like mm-hmm. older Batman. Yeah. And, and, um, just, I want to point out, Two things. One thing is more of a technicality. Oh, that fucking that make that fucking makes sense because he actually looks like Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. Yes. Yeah. You you want to also like okay. Is it is it about how Michael Shannon, who's always fucking great and everything, looks like he's phoning it in, phoning it in, and fucking yeah. miserable? Well, yeah. I don't know if you watched. Okay, so now I got to touch on three things. But first, Michael Shannon, he did that uh, one of those like timelines of my career things. Literally, he didn't give a fuck about the Flash or the fact that he was coming back to play General Zod. He's like, oh, I guess, but like, I guess. Apparently, he got figures and toys. He got Snyder's blessing at least. Sure, great, and he got a paycheck, and that's about it. I, my boy, my boy Shannon, I need him getting paid. He got money. He got money. That's fine. And they brought Mm. back the other girl too. Yeah, no, I do want to talk about this ending though in two different ways. One, yes, okay, it was the very ending. The very ending. The fact that yes, it was supposed to be. Uh, it was supposed to be Keaton at first, and then they decided to do this this cheap other point at the screen. Everybody, it's it George so Clooney. It was so fucking cheap. Do you guys want to hear something funny? What Melissa doesn't know why he showed up. That's that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but that's that's a big thing. How yeah. many people know? And yeah. can we also just for a brief moment understand that in the canon of Batman, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, and Michael Keaton. Are the same Batman. Yes. Yeah. So that's just weird. Yeah. Like, wh- what? Yeah. yeah. And the bigger problem I have with that entire ending, even the Michael Keaton ending, the bigger problem I have with that is the the big uh, moment in this movie, the big lesson that Barry Allen learns is that you cannot fuck with time. Like, 
And he fucks. You can't change the past. It is what it is. And then he goes ahead and changes he the goes past. Ahead and, and then he undoes it. everything that he learns yeah. by changing the past again. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You just spent two and a half hours basically yelling at my face that like timelines are immutable. You can go back and change things, but it will catastrophically ruin things. And you had a fight with yourself about how if you if you if you continually go back and try to rewrite it and try to make things perfect, it will never work because some things are just going to happen. Things happen. The canon. <laughs> the canon. Can I say something to your point yes. about what you just said? Yeah. How far into the movie are we when we see the tape and like we notice that he doesn't look at the camera. Uh, it's pretty early on. That was pretty early it's before he yeah, even goes like, to the speed force. Like it was the 20, last thing 20, that happens. 20, 20 or 30 minutes in? Yeah. I'd say about that, yeah. yeah. When I saw that, I yeah. immediately said out loud, out loud to myself, why doesn't he just go back in time and get him to look up at the camera? Yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, could have could, could have saved us an hour and a half of whatever the fuck uh, we got. Everything. <laughs> yeah. But again, but even, yeah, and to your point, yes, why didn't we just go back and do that? Because then we get to the end of the movie very quickly and the movie's got a movie, I understand. But again, you just undid everything that we just fucking went through. Yeah. What is you've the learned, point of this you've, movie? You've learned nothing. You've learned nothing. What is the point? You've undermined your entire point in the last... 30 seconds of this movie yeah like what if i was fucking i honestly wanted to just light the screen on fire and walk out i was like what <laughs> the fuck was the point i just wasted two and a half hours that's fair all fair points yeah fun i, I fun I, moments sure i told george clooney personally i know i did that. think of you immediately <laughs> when he walked out of the car i was like are you dave's gonna shit his pants when he walked out i was like yes and yes, was, George Clooney. I was freaking, yes. I was freaking out at the screen, yeah. and then Melissa like pulled me aside after the movie, and she was like, "Why was he there? Like, I don't understand <sighs> that." I was like, "He was Batman and Batman and Robin." She's yeah. like, "Oh," I was like, "He was the reason why we didn't get any Batman things for a very long time." <laughs> yeah, he like, wasn't the reason. It wasn't his fault. No. There was a lot of things that happened. Anyway, but anyway, anyways, to my point, she was like, "Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense." Like, yeah. But how, many pe- how many how, how many pe- how many people outside of people like us are going to get that reference? Yeah. I was hoping the bat credit card was going to make an appearance <laughs> again. I was upset. Bat nipples. Bat nipples for life. <laughs> I did enjoy though all of the Batman 89 Easter eggs. All Him of them. just fucking quoting the lines and doing fucking and Danny Elfman's score coming up every 2 seconds. Yeah. When the uh, when the Joker when the the Joker pack I did like that I, I fucking that. burst it out and she was and Melissa was just like what was that that was and funny. I was like for fuck's sake yeah. man I did like that there was uh, there was moments that I enjoyed yeah also why is does does Gal Gadot need money. The fact that she's shown up three times in three separate movies. I'm, sick, I'm, three I'm, sick of, I'm sick of this goddamn score every time it comes up. And <laughs> Melissa's like, <laughs> she literally sings it every time. Oh, Alyssa hates it. Hates <laughs> it. We went to Han, we we saw Hans Zimmer in, in concert. Yeah. And he played it. And she's like, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> so so when it came up, I just looked right at her and she's like, Yes, Dave. I get it. I just, I get, what the fuck? Why was she even there? She was supposed to be in it too. 
Holy fuck. She was supposed to show up at the end, too. What a fucking mess. Yeah. What a fucking mess. And just, like, what are they doing? Yeah, I don't. Before everybody, I told George Clooney in person that I loved him as Batman, and he said thank you. After glaring at you. After glaring at me in a crowd of, like, yeah, thousand people he found me yeah. and said <laughs> no that's absolutely that, this is why i said that dave was gonna shit his pants uh, when he laughed walked out of the and car. i said thanks you cocksucker yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so Christ. i just i wanted that's, to make sure I that's a big that, that's a big so. highlight dave moment of mine it's one of it's it's in my top five dave moments but yeah i did love fucking george Clooney showing up dave he shitting was, his pants actually is my number one dave moment <laughs> <laughs> which time <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's canon in our podcast universe Al- now. <laughs> Alyssa brought up this good point as well. In the battle with Zod, mm-hmm. I'm just going to continue. <laughs> in the battle with Zod, mm-hmm. he drops them off mm-hmm. and he's flying in the bat plane mm-hmm. around. And then it gets to a certain point and you haven't seen him in a bit. And then he's just like, I'm going to go take this guy out. Yeah. I'll see you guys. Yeah. And he kills himself because he just. Flying around, yep. <laughs> don't, just, don't he, was circles. Just, he was just—he was in a holding pattern on the outside of the <laughs> and battle. He just decided to just kill himself. Like, just, uh, what? Yeah, air traffic control said, "Hey, hang on." What? Hang and on like, like, well, they had to go back. They had to go back and rewrite that. I know, but it was dumb. <laughs> and then so he dumb. takes on the fucking the behemoth, the behemoth, and I'm like, bro, what? you're like in your seventies, <laughs> yeah. and you don't have like fucking christian bale's like robotic legs yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not smashing through a brick wall like you're like you're not spry buddy yeah. like this doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense you've only eaten a bowl of spaghetti the entire and time like he, oh, he doesn't like he didn't eat, he didn't eat it. he gave it to he gave it to barry oh, yeah. and like nothing in batman or batman returns suggests he could take that guy out yeah no <laughs> No, he had a lot more mobility in his suit than I remember. A lot more mobility. Yeah, he was a little more. I said he wasn't spry, but he was a little. (laughs) The scene in the Russian silo, he was pretty spry. Yeah, Yeah. but I don't remember. I don't remember him moving his leg like that. How much you weigh? fuck off! Just like it, just the uh, to me, it just felt like they they trotted Michael Keaton out to say some lines, have some moments, and uh, and they did it for people like me. uh, That's it. Weaponized, was, weaponized nostalgia. I love that phrase. I love it so much. Yeah, that's fair. And just, but he was very good. Yeah. It's just he didn't really serve a point because exactly. you cut up the movie so much. Yep. Like, it's it's. Yeah. Honestly, you want to watch? You want to watch all the scenes with Michael Keaton as Batman? Just watch the trailer. They're all there. And like, why would you shoot yourself in the foot and say? Hey, we're going to reboot everything before the movies come out. Yeah. And apparently Blue Beetle is part of the new DCU. I thought it wasn't. I thought it was no. the last one before. No, apparently it's part of the new. He is the, the story. The I don't think the story is, but he is a part oh. of the new DCU. Sure. And like Aquaman still has to come out. Aquaman think, is part of the DCU. And I think like Ben Affleck might still be Batman in that because apparently yeah. they did test screenings with Keaton. And everybody's like, what the fuck is he doing here? Yeah. Because they hadn't put out the trailers yet for flash oh, so, so everybody's gonna like, be george clooney <laughs> now it has to be george clooney bad nipples are coming back in a big way fuck yeah and like ben affleck had that great fucking scene where yep. he's talking about loss and regret yeah. and you know and coming the scars to of turn, your past the scars and... of your past and 
that he's just written out. Yep. And also DC can't own the scars of its own past. It needs to rewrite history constantly. Yeah. So like I just don't understand. Way to undermine your own story. I just don't understand what is going on over there that they have to undermine everything and redo everything yep. and replay everything and change everything. Yeah. Like just fucking let it come out. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, yeah, I know Batman V Superman was a debacle, but <laughs> sure. you know, if it was 30 minutes, if they had left it 30 minutes longer, maybe it would have been less of a debacle when yep. it came out. Snyder cut of that one is legitimately better. It's so much because it has context. Yep. <laughs> and just. Did you end up watching Zack Snyder's Justice League? Not yet. I'm getting there. All right. I'm getting there. We'll talk there. about that when you get to it. And like. Have you seen it? No. I got and I'm yet. still disturbed to no end that they, uh, they forced Justice League to come out and didn't just give him his time. Yep. And like, they just, they don't know. There's been so many different regime changes and none of them fucking know what they're talking about. Nope. But yeah, I just, I don't understand how none of them can figure it out and how they can make movies like the Batman and Joker, yep. which are not related to anything yep. and be huge successes and then fucking flop like a fish on all this other fucking the connected interconnected bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like when it didn't work, yeah. when you fucked up Justice League. And Batman v Superman, when you fucked all that in the face, why didn't you just, at that moment, just pivot? Yeah. Like Aquaman is only minutely connected to the, the universe. Yeah. yeah. Right? There's only a certain amount of it that's connected. Yeah. It's very much its own fucking thing. Should be, anyway. And Wonder, the first Wonder Woman, at least, very much its own thing. Actually, yes. Wonder Woman 84 is kind of its own thing, too, but nobody kind fucking of. likes it. Yeah. But like, why not keep that going? Why does it have no? It doesn't all need to be connected. How many times you got to fuck up? And they're doing it again. They're getting Jimmy Gunn to do it. It it didn't work the first two times. It's not gonna work on on number three. Yeah, especially when Marvel is fucking flopping like a fish now. Absolutely. And I want to put so I I think there's there's a fun and this will be fun for our listeners as well. But I think when we hit Aquaman two, because I'm sure that's gonna be on our radar. It is. Um. When we hit Aquaman 2, I think that episode, let's let's talk. Let's talk the DCEU and what the fuck happened. And also the Marvel Cinematic Universe and where it's at right now. And just you, like let's You want to just have a comic book episode? Absolutely. I do. Uh, I do. Because like there's that. so much that I think you can unwrap from what happened with DC over the years. And and I think a lot of it ties into the fact that they were always number two. After post the Dark Knight. Yeah. They were always in second place and they always want it to be in first place. And there's so many creative decisions that they made that were solely in, in service to that goal only. But that was after Man of Steel came out. Yep. Like Dark Knight Returns still made a billion dollars, even though it had Correct. the fucking shooting. It was somewhere around, yeah, somewhere around Man of Steel. And Man of Steel came out. Dark Knight Rises. Man of Steel came out after Dark Knight Rises. You said Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, you meant Rises. I meant Rises. Yeah. I, I like Returns better as a title. Yeah. But obviously they can't call it that. Of course. Yeah. Um, Man of Steel came out yeah. and then they immediately it's pivoted. There. Yeah, it's there. That like we... there's, there's some slight like Wayne Enterprise like, like notices type thing. Or like yeah. there's like the Wayne Enterprises logo on a satellite and on like a truck type thing. But yeah. 
it's only it's just there it doesn't mean anything much like they talked about metropolis in a batman movie once type thing but and then they pivoted off that and then they had to make it all interconnected and it was like and we're still dealing with the ramifications of that that. decision back in like what 2011 yeah 2000 like the mid 2010s yeah like we're still dealing with that and it's like you failed badly a lot just pivot yeah. do something else yep not everybody can be marvel yep even marvel shot themselves in the foot now yep yeah like like when you're at the top there's only one way down or there's only one way you can go after that yeah much like if you're at rock bottom there's only one way to go but dc I kept guess going. kept digging. Kept digging. They hadn't kept realized digging. that they were at rock bottom yet. <laughs> like they got rock bottomed by the rock. Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah. then just waiting for him to say that the hierarchy in the Fast and Furious universe is about to change. There's a meme, there's a meme on the internet yeah, where yeah. it's like the back of uh, Dwayne Johnson's face in like a boardroom with people. And yeah. it's like uh, Dwayne Johnson watching the DCU fall apart for him to take his reign. <laughs> On the hierarchy, yeah, like he can't even be in the same room as a Vin Diesel. Get the fuck out of here with yeah. changing the hierarchy of past. It's just, I was the crowd I saw it with clapped and laughed Gross. and had a good time with it. But I was just kind of sitting there, like I chuckled a few times, and I was like, "Okay, that's cool," type thing. Yeah. But I was just kind of like, "Fuck, was that?" Yep. After all this. Yep. Like, good for you finishing it, but like, fuck was that? Yep. Yep. So, recommendations. Jimmy. Was it cool in 40X? Honestly, I was going to say, I was going to say to you guys, I can't imagine seeing this movie in a regular format because like 40X was fun as fuck. It kept it entertaining. It kept it, it kept it entertaining. Melissa was loving it. Like, did the, did the, the seat move when he was doing the noodle thing uh no i skipped my i, I went to pee during that part <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. i was like i missed nothing yeah, no, but like didn't. you got it was weird because i didn't get this in john wick uh you got airs fucking pushed at you from your back oh like yeah i yeah, felt yeah. it on my arms yeah. kind of yeah. thing i thought that was really weird um, yeah, Rogue One. Every time there was gunfire in the in, behind you, yeah, like it would like nudge you in the back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They do, they do that in they John Wick too when he's doing the punching yeah. when he's doing the punching bag because you feel it in your back. That's yeah, yeah. that's that's your introduction to the yeah, yeah. Uh, 40x. No, uh, you, you, yeah, the air just, wisp. just gets yeah, like a punch in the back. For those sure. were those were in the fa- when we're in Fast Ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was entertain it was entertaining and like it was it was fun. It was like childlike humor and almost like stoner humor because mm. yeah that's that's the kind of humor that i thought it was but keaton was the best part i was holding on to everything i was like fucking a kid in the candy store during those uh nostalgia scenes for batman you like uh, him saying you want to get nuts no that was stupid because that was ruined in the trailer but him saying and how much you weigh also, I, I like the that. context of him saying it didn't make any fucking sense yeah no, it didn't, didn't. But him, but like I said, the how much you weigh, Dave was harping on it. I was yeah. like, I fucking loved that. That was and, silly. Yeah. Uh, there was the jo- the Joker pack, and then there was a third one that I can't remember what it was. Um, but it was funny, and the Danny Elfman score 
Sure. I liked Chef's it the kiss. first like t- two or three times every time. But then they started doing Wonder Woman and then, yeah. Every time he like shows yeah. up into the battle, but, but the bat plane, the new bat plane, that yeah. thing's fucking cool. Oh, as when hell. he's doing the fucking three sixty yeah. around trying yeah. to get the guy off. But it's not. Funny. It's just like the cockpit's doing yeah. the three sixty, yeah. not yeah. the plane. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. So you didn't like it at all? Uh, no. But I mean, if you want to watch it and keep up with this shit, then just wait for it to come out. Fuck going to a theater, That's especially fair. in premium form. I go fuck yourself. That's fair. That's all fair. What about you, Dave? Mm, I'm really mixed on it. Yeah. I was really disappointed, but then I thought Ezra was terrific. Yep. And I really liked Keaton. And I oh, really liked I agree with these points. The the girl who played Supergirl. And but Muschetti saying that bullshit about the CGI, that doesn't make it yeah. better. No. That it's, just makes that makes it worse. Yeah. It's something about like yeah, the the end product not being a complete sum of its parts. Like I enjoyed yeah some parts chunks of, this. of it yeah. i enjoyed chunks of this i enjoyed moments of this i enjoyed acting in this but and I, holistically fuck this and just just as me i can't not say that i didn't smile when fucking nick cage showed up or george clooney like yeah. i can't not say that i wish it i wish stupid, i didn't but. i wish i didn't know about cage cage i would have reacted to better but i like i hit i hit melissa when it was coming because you knew it was coming yeah. um but i did smile like an idiot for george clooney I yeah. thought that was I. I was amused. What are you looking up? Sasha Cal, Kelly. Yeah, that is right. Supergirl. Yeah, she was very good. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was fantastic. She was very. I good. hope. I hope they keep her for Supergirl for sure. I really hope yeah. they do too. Yeah, I really hope so. Fantastic performance. But uh, you know, actually, fucking use her. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, that uh, that wraps up a super mega extra load. Yeah, yeah. Pinker yeah guns. It's, it's this one's a long one. Sorry, everyone. We just had a lot of Tribeca to get through, and then we had way too many thoughts on the Flash. I knew it would. I knew we would. Yeah, I knew we would. And now I don't. Now I don't have much time to talk about my new blues. No, 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 new blues for you. We got to wrap this up so that our listeners can actually get on with their fucking I've lives. I finally got so many. I know. <laughs> it's fine. We'll have time next week when it's it's sort of a regular-ish episode that we can talk two about weeks. things. Two, two weeks. weeks. I'm we're sorry. Do, we're done oh with God. The, we're See, done with the next the next week off. nonsense. So I'll turn off two weeks when two we weeks. talk about regular stuff with our regular scheduled programming. Yes, and we can get some blues in there for you, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. But uh, until then, if you stuck around to this part of the episode, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our thoughts on everything, and uh, I hope we give you like a good list of shit to watch uh, coming out of Tribeca and uh, a movie to skip and wait, because no. Um, thanks thanks so much idea. for having us virtually, Tribeca. But absolutely. Fan- fantastic. Yes. Had a blast. Thank you so much. And we uh, we hope to be invited back next year. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But until then, for all of you guys, our loyal listeners, see you in two weeks. We love you very much. Bye.